Well, the calendar flipped over to 2021, what, four months ago, but now it's finally time for our 2021 DC United season preview show, and we're thrilled to help us do the honors. Welcome in our good friend James Graham from DC United Kingdom uh, here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame slash one week to go till preseason <laughs> podcast. Hey, James, how's it going? I'm very well. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're excited to, to, to talk some soccer with you, and it's almost time for the season to start. Very exciting times. Yeah, James, what's, uh, first of all, obviously separated by the ocean from us, how are things uh, in the UK? How are you and the family holding up? It's about, we're doing all right at the moment. Um, we've got some good things happening next week. We're allowed out a little bit, so lockdown slightly easing. We're allowed to go to a pub garden. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. We're allowed to have a nice pint of beer. Um, <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for that. Um, <laughs> Brid's always got their priorities straight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, pint is always priority. It's, it's the two peas. No, but is um, it going to be warm? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, today, today's been weird. If, if we're going to talk a quick bit about weather, um, <laughs> it started off. I was talking about the sunshine. beer. <laughs> Soccer? Nah. Weather? I'm British. We talk about weather. Uh, beautiful sunshine. Went out for a walk and it was had had this on. Had a jumper on and a and a coat on because it temperature said it's going to be cold. Walked out. I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> we get to the park. Clouds come over and I'm literally like, right. I'm, I'm absolutely freezing right now. It's just, how does that happen where you go from being sweaty to freezing your nuts off? <laughs> April time in the UK. <laughs> yeah. That is April in the UK. But another thing, um, pandemic-wise, things are actually looking pretty decent at the moment for us. The vaccination program's going incredibly well. Um, one of the best in Europe. We've got, I think it's 30... 30 million plus vaccinated now of the adult population so nice. i'm still waiting for mine I'm, I'm i'm not old enough just yet <laughs> yeah even though i just had my birthday yesterday i'm just putting that out there oh, oh. happy happy belated birthday yeah. <laughs> um, but 21 again right old. oh yeah 21 i'm always 21 <laughs> we're not gonna um, sing to you but no we'll, we'll spare you that <laughs> <laughs> but no not quite old enough to have the vaccination just yet but um i know plenty of people who have had it and i'm really glad that it's happening and we're going to be a step closer to normality again nice well we're, we'll cross your fingers that you're up soon we've all been fully vaccinated fortunately oh, um yeah. yeah that's good yeah <laughs> we we're all very fortunate but we'll, we'll cross our fingers for you it's and on the football front James, it's there's a couple of test events from from what I understand that they're hoping to do later this yes. month or in, into the next month, and then hopefully by the time the Euros roll around and stuff, we'll be back to quote unquote normal. Is that the plan? Um, I think so. They they're doing a couple of tests with um the with the cup games. So I think the FA Cup semi final is having 25,000 I think it is at Wembley okay. does anybody know a team that's playing in that I just pull the group oh, real no. quick I'll stop no we won the league earlier so <laughs> <laughs> Sam's excited because Leeds beat uh, Man City which was impressive by the way man down. a man down yeah <laughs> we've, we've been out since November <laughs> well, I'm not even going to say anything about Leeds <laughs> um, 
And then I think the FA Cup final, uh, they're aiming to have 45,000, so 50% capacity, which is just going to be insane. So there is test events happening soon, and I'm really looking forward, and I'm so excited to be able to not hear fake crowd noise on the TV, because that is really irritating. Right? <laughs> I completely yeah. agree. It's just like, you see a shot, it goes wide, and then you hear the crowd go, yeah! Yeah, that's right. It went wide. Come Somebody on, hit the wrong button. Clip. So, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and things are looking up. Um, Euros wise, I hope it's done in the right manner. If it's a case that the cases are starting to creep up again, I don't want it to happen. I'm very cautious on this. Always have been. Um, I just don't want things to go through another lockdown because a winter lockdown here was tough. To yeah. Say the least. Yeah. Um, we had it from. New uh, New Year's Eve Eve, um, because they didn't want to do it on New New Year's Eve because they thought everyone's just going to go out anyway, so they did yeah. it the day before. <laughs> Work that one out, um, <laughs> and then we've been in lockdown pretty much ever since then. So it's been it's been a tough few months. Well, hopefully we're on the up and up. Uh, yeah. You know, tr- transitioning a bit to you know your role with DC United. Uh, obviously, you've been around the community longer than, than we have as a show. But for <laughs> for any of our listeners who don't know you, can you can you talk a little bit about DC United Kingdom and you know how you've built up the the UK network over there, if you will, and and of course, obviously, unfortunately, there are fans of other MLS teams over uh, uh, on the island. So, what can you tell us? <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I mean, it's all started back in 2019. So I, I was a long-time DC United fan ever since sort of the Jaime Moreno days, really. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the very beginning. Um, Jaime Moreno obviously played DC United legend, but he played for my team in the UK, Middlesbrough. Yeah. So if you need a UK team, go and follow them. <laughs> Not doing great at the moment. We, I mean, we got beat by Barnsley where Daryl DK scored. So. Yeah. Well, Daryl DK scores every time he plays these days, I'm, right? He's on fire at the moment. He's He's insane. Um, but yeah, so we started on in 2019 after the visit to um, DC back in 2018. Um, obviously, I came to a Screaming Eagles tailgate. Loved every minute. And I just thought, you know what? I, I want to do something back to the community. Um, and, I want, and I've done podcasts before. Um, never successful, really. Obviously, I would still be doing it if it was. Um, and it just kind of it just snowballed from there, really. And the guys of MLS UK show, they were kind enough to sponsor last year. We've got a huge MLS UK community, which has helped. And it's just kind of branched out from there. People who know people, word of mouth has been absolutely fantastic. And the show's just growing. And like you guys, we've had some amazing guests on my show. Hernan Lasada, Bill Hamid recently, Russell Knauss, who's been on five times now. <laughs> wow. He's, he's basically my co-host. <laughs> so no, it's been it's been fantastic, and I, I love everyone who reaches out to me to just say that they listen to the show. It really, it's truly um, it's humbling. I love it. And I believe you kind of started before kind of the UK network, right? Or am I mistaken in that? Um. So the MLS UK show started in. 2018 i oh, think it was okay. they're on their fourth season this year okay so i they were kind of a really big influence on me um when i heard them doing their show and i thought you know what there's actually quite there's actually a good following over here in the uk so i was like let's get on it and there's quite a few new 
UK fans of DC United since I started doing the show. A few of my mates have started following. Oh, yeah. All right. That's good. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, and they do stay up as well with me. Well, I was just going to ask you that. You know, I, I, I was crushed the other day when they moved the, the Earthquakes game to 11 oh. Eastern our time, which is kind of painful for us but much better than what you deal with on a regular basis how do you so 8 p.m now is like the standard kickoff time here at audi field yes. so that's what yep. 1 a.m your time yes it is yeah what's uh, a typical match yeah. night look like for you so i'll end up just playing a bit of fifa um, <laughs> once once every once my wife's gone to bed which is usually 10 11 o'clock in the evening and then yeah, I'll just play a bit of FIFA. I'll watch a little bit of TV um, just to keep me tied off. Maybe just play for some football manager. And then it gets to one o'clock. I'll get the game on, um, see whichever way I can watch it, whether it is through VPN or whether it's on in the UK, which does happen quite regularly now. And yeah, and then it gets to about three o'clock in the morning. I head to bed, maybe just have about three hours sleep, get up ready for the next day. I don't think I can complain about a late kickoff ever again now. <laughs> no, that's, that's dedication, my friend. Um, I well, will say, though, James, you've been kind of an influence. We have another UK listener on right now. Um, Logan Armstrong 24, yeah, is listening. Oh. Um, oh, hello. He said UK here come, as If well. you're not following yeah. me, come and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's... Um, it's great to actually see some UK people follow, watching the show now. Thank you. Um but now I think there's been a couple of games where I've taken a sleep before the game. Um, but the one I remember most is the Montreal Impact game last year at the MLS Back Tournament. No, I'm trying to forget that one. That, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we all want to forget that one, but you know, Just it happens. I think that was a half through. That was a half three o'clock kickoff for me. So I went to bed yeah. at about nine o'clock in the evening, about now, and slept through got up at about half two in the morning and then that was made ready for the next day so i'm expecting that to happen um when it comes to the uh, earthquakes game yeah so uh, I'll, I'll get a nice nice kit beforehand is that actually easier or harder being a new dad like with an infant that doesn't really sleep through the night do you actually find that fits well um he's been good recently oh really oh, yeah. we've been sleep training him so he's sleeping through quite a lot Apart from, well, this morning he was up at five to six. But wow. over the last week, oh, no. he's been sleeping through quite well. And then yesterday he was up at quarter to eight. Does I'm he not own... argue with that. Yeah, hey, that, that's a good day. Does he own any yeah. DC United gear yet? Yes, he does. Nice. Right. Yeah, it's um, his first baby suit that he wore ever in life was a DC United one. Wow, love it. Well done. And I, I have evidence of it as well. I've got a picture of it. So. I'm sure the wife loved that. Oh, I, mean, I mean, a good friend of mine, um, Sarah, she sent it over um, from from the USA, and it was just like, I've got to do it. It was mm-hmm. just so. Is that Sarah awesome. Classy from it is. Switch yep, the Pitch? Sarah Classy. Yep. Nice. Yeah, she sent, sent it over, and it was just like, oh. He's just, he's so small. No. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole network of um, DC yeah. United, like, podcasts and writers and everything like that. I got to hook each other up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a good friend of uh, of all of ours, James Lambert, he's sending over um, the Cherry Blossom scarf for me. Oh, nice. nice. So. Yeah, we were talking, Michael Black saw that in person. Yeah. Is I, it nice? It is a nice scarf. You, you'll enjoy having it. I, uh... 
I could not bring myself to uh, pay the club shop prices, but uh, <laughs> it, it is something I'll probably regret moving forward. But, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's I'm, I've, I'm trying to think the last time I actually had a, um, a scarf. It's many, many years ago. But you know what? It was a limited edition one, and it was Cherry Blossom. I mean, yeah. you can't argue yeah. with Cherry Blossom. That's right. Just bring the kit. I Come know. On. Did you see they did the stadium? It was super pretty. <laughs> it really was. That was just so nice. But again, it's not the kit. I want the kit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. So so transitioning to on the field, James, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a lot this episode about you know what this 2021 season looks like. And I, I got to ask you, you know, maybe you've had a chance to watch more of the preseason action than, than we have, but where is your head right now as we go into this season with, you know, a new coach and, and much of the same roster and some early injury challenges? What's your outlook for this season? Um, it's cautious optimism yeah. is the phrase I'm going to go with. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see some entertainment on the field. Um, whether that's good or bad entertainment, <laughs> there's going to be plenty of goals. Um, we've seen Lasada's stats um, in, his, in his career. And the fact that he's never managed a game which was a nil-nil draw speaks volumes. So saying that next week, it's going to be a nil-nil draw. Isn't it? <laughs> no, it's it's going to happen. But no, it's. I think this year, the fact that our youngsters have had a season already, they've had some good experience and some tough times last year, I think that's going to put them in good stead for 2021. Mm-hmm. You're right, we've got some injuries. Um that's going to be tough. Bill's out, Paul's out, just to name a couple. Yordi Rainer's out. It's it's going to be tough for that first game. Maybe it's the first two, three games. Yeah. And it's still transitioning in terms of a new style of play. And I think today's game against um, the New York, New Jersey Metro Stairs. <laughs> um, the fact that it was 1-1, I think that was a good result. Yeah. Especially away. Um, and Eric Sorgas scoring again against them. Yeah. yeah. And was. their one was a PK. So Yeah, well, it, it I, was. I'm Check glad you brought that game bit. up because I, I, I checked to make sure our, our Twitter feed was up. And, and Julian Gressel tweeted just as we went on the air. I'm, I'm going to read it to you guys, but I'll, I'll censor it for the you know, for oh, us yeah. being able to <laughs> keep the adult content box unchecked. But he said, you know, first corner of the game, New Jersey Red Bull fan yells, F you, Gressel. Made me smile. And I just thought. Man, it's good to have fans back. Oh. <laughs> Looking forward to next week, and I, I think that says it all. I mean, we you know we had the chance to talk to Kevin Paredes a little bit a couple weeks ago, and, and we asked him if he's excited to have fans back, and we laughed a little bit because he's like, I don't know, man. I played my whole career with no fans in the stands. You know, he from youth soccer with small crowds, and then makes his MLS debut last year with with no fans. But for the guys who've been around for for so long, it's I think it's just gonna be amazing to have fans back the, the energy levels are going to be so much higher even uh, with a small yeah. crowd and now we can never have a player come to us and say oh you know i don't really hear what people are saying in the sidelines <laughs> that's right <laughs> obviously it's a lie <laughs> <laughs> they're just not paying attention but no i agree it's completely a blessing to be back in the stands no it's it's going to be good to hear hear the chance and hopefully that that support section just gets going again because that's what we need we need a few beer showers as well yes <laughs> yeah. I, you know that, that's that's a good point too i wonder how they're gonna do that i mean I, in theory mm-hmm. so you know you have to wear masks all the time except when you're eating or drinking i assume they're gonna sell beer right i mean that's that's yeah. gonna be a money maker so yeah. 
I guess there will be beer showers then, right? I, I, I mean, really, let's let's put a pause on that. I don't know if I'm ready for people to throw. Maybe I'll just dump it on you. Their backwash, like your yeah. Backwash. When you think about like how hygienic that always was, get yeah. a couple beers in us though, and we're gonna be like, do it. <laughs> oh, man. Here's a good question for you guys. So obviously, you go to the tailgates. Are they still gonna happen? So that is a good question. Um, we can talk from the the Screaming Eagles perspective. You know, just from what they've you know, told us so far, um, the, the plan is absolutely to resume tailgates. Um, however, in the kind of smaller, these, these, um, limited capacity games at the beginning of the season, I don't know that they're going to do it. I do know for the opener, um, we just saw an email come out a couple days ago that they're going to do, uh, there's a new bar that opened up, um, just a couple blocks south of the stadium. And so they're going to have kind of just like a pregame gathering there. Mm. Um, I don't know if it, it probably at this point just, not sure how many like members are going to make it to the games. Yeah. Does it make sense and all that? But um, when conditions allow, they'll be back for sure. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about that. But, yeah, it seems more of like a let's let's go to a restaurant and follow the the guidance that we're still underneath. And then yeah, when when things open up towards the end of the season, we can we can really uh, you know get back to normal and and start tailgating really hard. Yeah, James. I mean, you've experienced yeah. a Screaming Eagles tailgate. Is that yes. even like a thing in the UK? How does it compare no. to the pre-game atmosphere? I mean, I mean, it's difficult because it's been a long time since I've been to a game <laughs> yep. over here in the UK. <laughs> um, I mean, just to kind of put it into context, I've been to more DC United games in the last decade than I have to games over here. Oh wow! Wow, that's shocking to hear, yeah. James. It's it's strange, but when you Put it, to put it into perspective, um, the local team here is Cheltenham Town, who are in League Two. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> um, the cost of a game is a way more expensive than it is at DC. Oh, yeah. wow. e- even in League Two. Even in League Two. What, what's um, a ticket run non-pandemic time for Cheltenham Town? I think it's around about thirty, thirty-five pounds. Wow! So that works out about forty, forty-five dollars. Yeah, that's steep. Yeah, for Lake Two team. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's wow. it was roughly the same cost as when it when I used to go to Middlesbrough when they were in the Premiership. It, it was, uh-huh. It's like, how how does that? Go? I mean, I know this is North South divide, but <laughs> <laughs> the quality of football was a bit different. Um, so yes, yeah, the last. The pre games in the UK usually is you go to a you go to a pub and have a yeah. few pints. Mm-hmm. It's generally how it goes, and then you'll have a walk down. But it's compared to a tailgate over over in your neck of the woods. It's just it's such a different experience. I so enjoyed the tailgates. Yeah, the both times that I I went because it's just it's such a happy atmosphere. There's no animosity or anything like that. That's what I love about going to games over in the usa is the fact that you don't hear of um any violence or any scraps or anything like that between opposing fans it happens occasionally i know that yeah. um, mm-hmm. because i have seen it but compared to how it is at millwall <laughs> yeah or leeds it just doesn't happen yeah so... <laughs> yeah that's what uh logan is saying in our chat he's saying that the atmosphere is definitely very different and that y'all tend to take the fun out of it when it comes to opposing fans in the atmosphere james have you had a chance to do an away day here in in the states have you been to a dc united away game not yet no that that is definitely on the uh 
on the bucket list to we'll, get that. We'll done. get that on the itinerary once things open yeah. up again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would. I tell you, I would love to go to. Well, do I want to go to Rebels Rebel Arena? <laughs> I've heard it smells a bit. I mean, their stadium's already empty, so the social distance. Yeah, it's easy to get a ticket there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, that's a good question. What for for us? What what's your favorite away day? I mean, I know we've all been to a bunch. Yeah, I think mine have mostly been on the East Coast. Mine too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Jersey's. Atlanta's a pretty awesome place to visit, but I have other biases there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on our list for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the Atlanta experience is a different level of MLS almost. And yeah, I, I have to go with that. It's just so fun. Uh, Philly, right. Philly's a good shot, too. I would say, I had a lot of fun Philly, in Philly last Philly's year. Good, two, I mean, we're yeah. talking about drunkest places I've been watching a soccer game, which is like my like level of fun, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a, a relative, like some sort of yeah. you know, causation there. Like I was having the most fun in Philly and Atlanta. And so I, I'd recommend those two as like, if you're going to do one like away trip, that, that's what I would do. That would be my shout. Yeah, Brian Greenberg. Oh, no. <laughs> we've, we've added some things to the soundboard here for the for the 2021 season. And we immediately regret it. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, Brian Greenberg is inviting us all to Atlanta, which is definitely on the list, I think, for September. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, James, yeah. If, you can, if you can make it over in September, that's... Yes. <laughs> I would love to go to, go to that ground because that... It, it looks amazing. I would love to do that one. I think the other stadiums that I would love to go to in the States, I wouldn't mind going to um, Exploria Stadium in Orlando. Oh, yeah. That would yeah. be quite nice. Okay. Because uh, of the atmosphere and, that, and the wall that they have there, mm-hmm. and it just looks like it would be entertaining. And I wouldn't mind going to Seattle Sounders, CenturyLink. Yeah. CenturyLink? Yeah. So actually, yeah. they just renamed it to Lumen. Oh Lumen, yeah, yeah. Good shout. Oh, um, they change it every couple of years. I've actually been there for a soccer game, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a season opener a couple of years ago. I just happened to be on the, the West Coast. Not a DC United game. They played New England. Um, but it was. It was cool. And, and I'll tell you, it's it, to me, that's that game was one of the closest, and I've not been to it to Atlanta yet, but one of the closest to like a European experience when all the fans get into it because the whole stadium gets in on the chance, which I think is a hmm. challenge in MLS sometimes. It's largely just the supporter section. But the painful like Seattle Sounders chant, I mean, it was just like, shoot me now. Like, we got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just for 20 minutes straight. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And the pregame experience there actually reminded me of Europe a little bit. You know, you go to a couple pubs beforehand and you do kind of the march to the match, which is through the city streets and stuff. So it was neat. It was very neat. Yeah, that sounds very similar to American Outlaws. Uh, like, don't sleep yeah. on Minnesota. I've been to their stadium. It was for a, a U.S. Gold Cup game. Um, but that was pretty fun. But yeah, it was the same thing, kind of going to a bar, everyone hanging out and then doing the march. I mean, the American Outlaws are, obviously, they try to do that every game is kind of march to the game. Um, I never thought about that as potentially having like a European influence, though. So. Yeah, it's neat. Um, so, James, before we let you go, I, I got to put you on the spot here a little bit. Fast forward to September, October this year. Where are DC United in the standings? Are we talking about Ooh. playoffs? Are we talking <laughs> about wh- wh- where? Where do we find ourselves at the end of the season? I think we sneak into the playoffs. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't think. I don't think we're going to be anywhere near the top, mainly because it's going to be our first season with Lasada and the transitional year of a new style of football. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think we'll get enough out of it to get into the playoffs. And 
Make a pass the first round. Ooh. Oh, I like the sound of that. I'm going big here. Yeah. Is it, now, do you think, is that a home game or is that an away day? Because now it's you know it's Ooh. one game. If so. we're, sneaking if we're sneaking in, in it's got to be on yeah. the road, right? It has to be on the road, yeah. Wow. I mean, oh, man, sign me up. I'm there. Let's go. I <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. Um, James, I also want to know, we're getting into this a little bit, but who do you think is going to be the most important player this season? That's something we're going to touch on later. Um, but what's your take? Yeah. Uh, Pines. Pines. I think Pines is going to have a huge season. He had a great end to 2020. I thought, I think he was one of our standout performers. Um, but I genuinely think he's going to have a huge year for us. Um, the fact that we'll be playing three center backs, it means he's going to play the majority of the games as long as he stays fit i think he's gonna have a huge huge year for us yeah i, I think we're gonna count on him a lot and like you said he, he's poised for for a big jump uh, i'm excited for him yeah and i'm gonna put this out there okay at the end of the year i wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't had a yeah us um us men's national team call up full team yes yeah. i was I love crushed that. when he got cut that. yeah oh i love yeah. that well i mean the reality is on that james it, the U.S. MNT have some fixture congestion to, to contend with this summer yeah. between the, the was it the League's Cup? What the heck? Nations League. Nations League. They got to play the final of that. Then they're going to have the Gold Cup at some point, And then the crazy new octagonal qualifying for the World Cup. So I'm actually with you there. I'll double down on that. I, I think Donnie yeah. gets, a, gets a call up this year. So, James, last year we didn't score a lot of goals. No. We're hoping for more this year. Who do you think is going to be the D.C. United Golden Boot winner this year? Frederick On goal? On oh, <laughs> goal. Oh. oh, no. Oh, man. Hey, man, I, I've seen some of those practical, practice clips, and they're crossing a lot of balls in, and, and that they leads are. to them. So, I mean, not a bad challenge. I think Lasada might resign if Own Gold wins the Golden Boot. <laughs> oh, no. Um, honest answer, I think it's – I think it will be a striker, believe it or not. I think our strikers will start firing goals, but it's not going to be Kamara. I think it's <laughs> – because he'll be offside. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Um, I think it'll be Sorga. Oh, wow. Um, I would love to see that. Like a, Six options yeah. now. Yeah. 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 I um, think Sorga's going to have... I'm going to say he's going to make it to double digits. Oh, no. Man, somebody else on this show These made people that. These people will hold you to it. <laughs> you, should, you should know by now. I'm Mr. Optimistic. So. I appreciate it, James. You, I appreciate it. You get punished for being optimistic around here. Oh, that's not <laughs> what you were last year. You get, you I, I was going to say, Sam a... can tell us that. <laughs> you get punished for being a DC United fan. <laughs> um, James, we do have a question again um, from Logan Armstrong24 on Twitch. He says, I've always wondered this. Can you discuss with James the difference with learning football as a kid? Is it like your comedy films? I personally feel it's a bit toxic over here. So what Ooh, do you think? Oh, that's about? a good question. <laughs> I mean, over here, you. you you get bundled with a team and that's it. That's You can't change your allegiance. Yeah. Um, so growing up for me, it was a case of my first game that I went to was Millsborough versus Oxford. And that would have been now 29 years ago. Wow. Just to show my age. I was four <laughs> years old at that point. Um, it was on my fourth birthday and we won 4-2. So I remember, it's one of my earliest memories, that one. And it's, it's one of those ones where... Because I was at that game, mm-hmm. I ended up going to more. I ended up becoming a season ticket holder from 1995 to 2010. So I was there for quite a number of years, through the good days and the bad days. And 
some absolutely amazing European nights. I'll never forget them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And but my first football shirt, or should I say jersey, because I'm on an American <laughs> That's right. Um, was Rangers. Wow. wow. And I actually still have that somewhere. It's about this big. It doesn't fit me. <laughs> um, but that was one of the, when it was in the Ali McCoist day. So it was McEwen's Lager. And it it's a blue version of our strip. Wow. We have now. Did, did you ever uh, play as a kid? I, I played as a kid. I still, before the pandemic, I still played yeah. um, as a goalkeeper. Oh, in six wow. aside when the goals are three foot high and obviously sam you <laughs> you guys know how tall i am <laughs> it makes tall, it yeah. <laughs> i mean it tends to be a case of when a penalty was given away wrongly usually i will I'll say that now <laughs> i'd kneel down and go so i just spread my arms out and save most, most <laughs> there you go. that's um, funny we'll have to get you on when you come to dc uh, sub for our sub team. on our that's right yeah yeah we're always looking oh, for absolutely. a goalkeeper <laughs> yes for sure why not be fun, um, yeah. but otherwise uh, when i was growing up i used to either it was either in goal or because of my height i was a target man up top mm-hmm. nice so, yeah it's funny, it was, it's funny it was how that great. works you know you either score goals or you stop them yeah <laughs> if only i had the fitness to play up top <laughs> James, that's I, why last... i'm playing gold now yeah right <laughs> the last question i have for you is you know since you kind of alluded to it What's been your favorite away day as a fan in the UK, whether that's, you know, within within your country or whether that's a European night away? What, what's been your favorite away experience? Um, well, I haven't been to any European away games. Um, okay. Money. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> fair. Yeah, they're, they're expensive over here because you've got to pay for well, flights and yep. um, yeah. inter- international stuff. It, it just bumps the price up. And then you say you go into a game. Then it goes up even further. <laughs> um, am I allowed to say a neutral venue? Sure. Is it, is it um, Old Wembley? Old Wembley. Oh, oh Old Wembley, yeah. Old Wembley. I, I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Old Wembley three times um, to see Millersburg play in the cup finals, and we didn't win any of them. <laughs> the one cup final... Sounds like a Leicester experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Leicester beat us. Oh, oh. <laughs> must have been a, was, was it a that must have been a League Cup then, not FA Cup, right? Uh, that was a League. Yeah. Actually, no, you didn't beat us. You we did we tie that one? Yeah, we drew that game um, because uh, Emil Heskey took it out of play <laughs> and then brought it back in and then scored. Oh no! <laughs> not that much. Um, hey, you guys, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? It's like... We're not bitter, but <laughs> not bitter or anything. But no, you know, yeah. that would have been us in Europe, and I oh. thought we were because I thought it was golden gold, and I was gutted oh. um, when it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, old Wembley, the history, the tradition, and just the smells, the sights, the view <laughs> angles—it was just something else. And yeah. I, I was a young kid at the time, and it just just had that drive down from the northeast which was ended up being like a six hour drive go down Wembley way and just to see that stadium the twin towers was just oh it was something else it was absolutely beautiful um i will never forget those days i've I've been to the new Wembley but not for a football game for a rugby game Um, okay and that was that's a, a, a stadium and a half the way it looks um i was at right at the top I was three rows from the very back, and I was watching the New Zealand Argentina Argentina game, mm-hmm. and 
uh, New Zealand, they always do the hacker before every game. Right. And you could hear every single word of the hacker. <laughs> wow. Even though you were so far away, it was you just got goosebumps from just being there. It was just that again, that was an awesome experience. Um, and if I go down a normal ground route rather than Wembley, I think it would have to be. Uh, ooh, I've been to a few now. I probably want to say Goodison Park. Oh yeah, right. that's a fun day. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad there. I mean, the seats are wooden, <laughs> which is interesting to sit also, down on. Yeah. I, I don't um, I don't fit terribly well in those seats. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone does. To be honest, I think that's why they've done it. Um, it was raining in the way section. <laughs> yeah, I think that's standard rent. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, that was a that was a good day. Um, we we had a good game. It's in the corner, so you get to see good action at one end. Um, I think, but to go for worst, I will give you the worst one as well. All right. Was um, Southampton's old ground before St Mary's called Dell? Mm. Okay. And the reason for that one in the away section, they had massive pillars, oh, so nice. you couldn't watch the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, not and, bad. Uh, the Southampton the keeper at the time, Bruce Grobbler, swore at me. <laughs> I asked for his autograph and he told me to off. Nice. Oh, no. Hey, that's We're what Gretel was. You'll never forget. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> seven. We're seven years old. I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Was... I know you ended on the negative, but you just have me like so excited for away games again. I'm so excited for you to come here and for us to experience yes. that with you, but also for us to be allowed, you know, into England and maybe do some games with you there, too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, James, it's been great to have you on the show. I know it's been a long time coming, so thanks for staying up late and hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you if they, if they don't already follow you? Yes, so over on Twitter, it's at DC United Kingdom. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, at DC United Kingdom FC. Uh, on YouTube, just search DC United Kingdom and subscribe over on there as well. That would be great. He gets a lot of fun player interviews, so for sure. definitely yeah. worth the follow. Always good content, James. Thanks so much for thank joining you. us. No, thank you very much. All right, we'll throw the break, and when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts on the 2021 DC United season right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast, presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com.
Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. We're back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast. It's the 2021 season preview show, and I don't know, guys. Nothing gets me excited for uh, a full season of soccer, like talking to one of our friends in the UK, man. James is such a character. It's great to have him on. Yeah, I appreciate so. having the positivity because sometimes I'm alone <laughs> on that ship. So I like yeah, it when he brings I think you're too. safe for now. We, yeah, we haven't the, kicked a ball yet. It's the beginning. <laughs> oh, we've kicked have a you f- met you guys? Like, come on. <laughs> we have kicked a few and it has. I don't know. We haven't yeah, been able to watch. Joshua talk yet. We, we scored <laughs> significantly more goals in the last couple of preseason games. Oh, man. <laughs> we think not having been able to actually see mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah, but it, it does remind me that. You know, one of my favorite days of the year is always whatever day the MLS schedule comes out. You start penciling oh, yeah. in travel. You start looking at that. It, it's such a cultural experience to go to different places and, and have that experience. It and is. Obviously, it, it's the same in the UK, too. And let me tell you, this group shot blew up with the travel. Like, oh, man. If anyone ever is thinking about, like, going to an away game, message us. Because, like, one of us is probably thinking about it. It yeah. wouldn't be a lot to convince us. That's so true. And I, I know that's – yeah, you – I totally agree, Michael. Like that that day is one that I typically have penciled in because we normally know when it's coming. And this year it was it was late, and we had CBA drama, and then they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the Canadian teams. And it just out of left field, it was like surprise, it's here, and it was like oh my god. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. And and I think just where we're at now as as a country in terms of you know vaccinations and things like. I'm I feel like I'm allowing myself to get excited about it because yeah. like with the track we're on, like. We're gonna get to do it again this year, and and I, I at this point, man, I don't know. I hope the team kicks butt, but I don't even care. Just to be able to get back to normal, get in the stands, have some fun. I'm I'm ready. I'll it's say. it's mind blowing to think like, uh, and we were fortunate enough to get all tickets. We talked about James, but like in seven days, we're gonna watch DC United with our own eyes in the flesh. It's gonna be. I don't even know what to do. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna there say will my be PSA tears. is like everyone like still social distance and make sure you're wearing your mask in public and get your vaccine if you're able like we've mentioned we're all vaccinated which is why we're in person together again yeah this is our first Um, show together in so long (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to point that out like we're doing our best everyone still needs to do their best to be safe so that way we continue on this projection to positivity sorry and um, we're all that'll be my like mom chat for the moment (laughs) no it's so true though like we're all so excited about this but we've got to keep working so we can keep you know reaping the benefits but we do got to talk about this season. Um, it's got to. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, for the and, first and, time in a while. And if if you've been living under a rock for a little while, things are quite different in the black and red. <laughs> We've got a new head coach, which I don't know that any of us would have predicted a year ago. Um, but Hernando Sada's at the helm, and the the side looks a little bit different uh, in terms of personnel. But I think in terms of tactics and style, it's going to be real different. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing here. Is that uh, even just watching them or hearing about the things uh, players are playing in different positions now with a different philosophy. And, and that's changed so much for every single player. And so we almost have to go through and just rethink DC United as a whole 
Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's going to be amazing at the beginning, but it's definitely going to be different and I'm excited for that. So I decidedly think it's not going to be amazing at the beginning. Oh, yeah. um, if I'm you guys idea. follow us on Twitter, we live tweeted the wow. press conference. So there goes the optimism. No. Yeah. Well, who no. had money on Sam's <laughs> fucking the optimism out of the room? That's not my point. My point <laughs> is that if you follow us on Twitter, we, um, there was a press conference last week that, uh, John live tweeted and Wasada came out and said, you know, we're not ready. It's not going to be great the beginning of the season he was visibly disappointed with the fitness levels of this team and then visibly frustrated when the media kept asking him about that because I think we were all kind of shocked that he came out the gate and said yeah "Yeah, no it's not going to be there for the first several games people kind of kept pressing him on it and you could tell he was frustrated he's like it's just not they're not where I need them to be Um, we've seen a bunch of different tweets from the players talking about how this year is so different they're doing different weigh-ins they're you know fitness um, levels the expectation is so much higher so I, I mean I think it's just a whole new ball game and I've said that on previous shows too is I feel like the level that Lasada is bringing the team like he's raising the floor of the team like the ceiling we still don't know yet but just the floor of this team is being brought up to a new level and I think we can all just appreciate that right off the bat and it's a very different mindset than what you got from Ben Olsen you know love the man to death as a coach but you know every time he got on he was almost always positive not choosing to call yeah. anyone individually out and not that Lasada did that but you never really heard negative things from Ben he was mostly taking it on himself but going into a season with a, a coach who's saying yeah we're not there yet it it does set your expectations but it also yeah. is a bit it's, it's refreshing and that's kind of what you were hoping for after having Ben Olsen as coach for more than a decade, you you definitely got a new guy in there, and we'll, we'll see if that ends up paying out for us. Yeah, and I think it shows that we're not settling, right? Like, yeah. there were so many times when Ben came on, and it was after a string of hard games. I remember specifically last season, and he'd say, like, well, we were away, and then we took a point against the number one team in the league or whatever. Like, he was trying to kind of mitigate and say, like, well, we wanted to settle for this and settle for that. Yeah, we're that. not going to settle for anything. No, this year. he it's said, not happening. and he <laughs> said, John, that was the quote you took out that he said that I want fans to expect that we're going to go out there and try to win every single game. And we're going to at least be like within a oh, shot's distance of winning every single game. And that's so such a different mentality than what oh, we've been used to. Can I pull cold water on that a little bit? Maybe that's a little bit of naivety. He's never played in this league. And it's he's for sure. He's only coached one full season as a professional coach. He didn't and, and, say we were going to win every game. He said that we're going to go out there and try to win every no, game. No, but I which think I know what you're saying, right? right? But that's different from unless we're not going to go out. He's not going to go out there for the ties or the. There, there are sometimes though. I think that you're playing a three game week midweek. You're going to Portland. Like maybe you don't need to play to win that game. I think yeah, it'll but, be interesting to get his perspective on the travel challenges in a few months after he's dealt with it. Because yeah. I mean, we go to San right. Jose week three, right? Mm-hmm. So like. That's gonna be. That's like flying. That's like a European away game for for Bearsco, right? You're like, right. You're right. But I also think that he talks about young players in a very different way, also. And I think that the way that he's training the young players is probably very different. I and mean, we still have a a small roster, right? So yeah. like you kind of can't get around that. But if okay, sorry, like Leeds mindset, Bielsa, he looks up to him. Like the way that they train is that the entire team trains as if they're all of the first team. And then whoever's doing well that game, like those are the people who are starting. But that's very different than training your starters versus like your noticeable second string, right? And I think that when you train your entire team in a first string mentality, you have more flexibility for when you have those three game weeks or when you have those weeks where you're traveling that players are more readily able to slot in. 
granted those players for us are younger so like it's not going to be like a one for one but I think that they're going to be more ready to meet those challenges than we were last season well and and that's going to be even more important this year because we've we've joked a little bit on Twitter about you know having five substitutes this year plus the new concussion protocol which is strongly in favor of the concussion not the concussion protocol we all are exactly (laughs) but yeah I mean the, the five subs this year was something I was a little bit surprised to see was back but you know, the more I think about it and, and had a good you know kind of interaction with some of our friends at Black and Red this morning on Twitter, I actually think that could really benefit Lasada's system, even without, you know, ex- the extreme depth that some other teams in this league have. But, you know, Lasada came out and told us they can play about 60, maybe 70 minutes at the style he wants right now. Yeah, he did say that. You've got five subs that could then come in. Right, and so at the beginning of the season, when all the pieces aren't quite there, maybe that is an advantage, right? When you bring some guys in with fresh legs, because that the style demands fresh legs almost more than it demands raw talent at this point. I think. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And so I, you know, I'm with you guys. I don't think this is going to be pretty for the first couple of weeks. Let's be honest. But I do think you know you get to mid season with this team. You've got some folks back from injury. Everybody's fit. Um, I could see five subs being pretty regular for this team just to try to really go that, you know, balls to the wall style. And so much of that also depends on the game situation you're in. You know, obviously you'd love to be up two goals in the 70th minute and be able to kind of shut it down and tone it back a little bit. We've got to see whether that's something that Lasada looks for. You know, to your point earlier, Joshua, you know, you do go into some situations saying, okay, this is what we need to, you know, monitor our expectations for. Maybe getting a away draw after a cross country trip is a good thing. Um, so I think if he's able to adjust and know what he's looking for, and but what you're saying about the five subs, being able to shift five people out when you're saying we need to defend for 15 minutes is very different from saying we're chasing the game. We need fast guys up top ready to go and we'll talk a little bit more uh, later in the show about the current status of the roster and kind of how we expect things to be going you've got some challenges and a lot of unknowns with a lot of new faces coming in i will say though like the style that he is saying that he's going to play is not really like a sit back ever style right it's like it's a very much offense is the best defense mentality and it's just constantly pushing Um, And, you know, running up the field and, you know, really trying to press the line as high as possible and keep them in their side as high as possible. Um, So I I do think the mentality might be the same regardless of kind of if you're up or obviously it's it's a different game plan if you're up versus if you're like chasing the game. But I think that the the style of play doesn't change a whole lot. Yeah, I I agree with you, Sam, but I will be very fascinated to see if we, you know, because we open the season at home and then we have three straight away games. It, one's the the cross country trip to San Jose. We've got New England before that, and then we've got Columbus, the defending MLS champions. After that, I will be interested to see if we can find ourselves in a situation where we we grab a lead in one of those games. Is Losada interested at all in anything that resembles parking the bus, or and and I think to to Joshua's point from earlier, does that catch us out? Right. because of the way this league is is constructed, right? Like, we, we go up 1-0 at Columbus. We're in the 70th minute. We're still pressing forward, and then all of a sudden we lose 3-1 because we get caught out. Like, I, it's going to well, be – I think it's going to be a learning experience. that's where the fitness comes in is you need to be able to, you know, make those 
run so they're not getting the breakaway, right? That's where it comes in. But I also, I possibly, I mean, I think San Jose, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like our only Western Conference away game, Minnesota right? Minnesota as well. Minnesota's home, though. Minnesota's yeah. Home. yeah, so, but yeah, I think yeah. it's almost better. you get it out of the way early, which is nice. That's what I'm saying. I think it's beneficial to us that it's coming at the beginning of the season because Lasad is kind of already saying, like, not that it's going to be a wash, but that, you know, we're not going to be where he wants us to be. Potentially, he's going to still be trying things out. The team's still getting used to the style. So I think that that's possibly beneficial to get it out of the way because in MLS, you don't really need to be good until midseason. I feel like we've heard that from you before. Yeah. It's the truth, right? Well, like, I mean, are you going to deny it? It is the truth. And it, it bleeds into sort of my outlook on this season. I, I think this is a – when I look at the schedule this year and, and the, the way in which breaks are built in and when players are going to come back, I think it's a three-legged season for DC United which is kind of what it was last year except the first leg was two games the second leg was that crapshoot in Orlando and then the third leg was the whole season uh, but this year I think you've got those first several months where you're trying to learn Lasada ball you're getting players trickling back from injury guys like Paul Ariola, Stephen Birnbaum, Bill Hamid some big names yeah and then you you hit a gold cup break or I guess it's technically a Nations League break because we don't have a break during the Gold Cup, which will be another problem for this team because half the roster is going to be involved in one of the teams in, in the Gold Cup. But I think that summer window is where we should expect this team to really start to hit the stride in terms of playing the style that Losada wants to play. But they're gonna they're still going to be missing players because of international commitments and things like that, right? And then you go into that kind of final leg, which is the longest leg of the season and the most important leg of the season, when in theory you're getting all the players back, everybody knows what what their job is, you, you're past the summer transfer window, and to me, I think that's the first time this year where I'm going to, I mean, we'll see how well I do at this, but I'm going to try to wait until then to allow myself to set expectations for this team, because it, it's it's not going to be pretty to start. I, I really don't think it is. So hearing you talk makes me realize that like supporters shield is not an expectation, right? Like Lasada is probably really focused on the MLS cup because yeah. we, like, as I said, like we, you can build up to that. Um, and that is kind of, you need to be kind of in the open cups not happening stride. either. Cause we're not going to win our first three games. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll have other teams to for the open yeah, cup. True. Um, but yeah, I really think, you know, the supporter shield is just not kind of going to be in the cards, which probably everyone is like, duh, Sam, but just hearing you talk really kind of brought that into perspective for well, me. That is a question though, is we, we don't really have an insight on this, but when ownership brought in Lasada, what did they tell him his expectations were? Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. this is a team that is historically used to winning trophies. It hasn't been there since 2013 was the last major trophy you won. You know, got a lot of the open, the cup. open cup. Yeah. Uh, but what are the expectations for Lasada going forward over the you know, couple of years? Like you need to be in contention, right? Maybe it's not winning the supporter shield as the best team in the league, but you certainly need to win a playoff game. Yeah, I, and I think going back to our talk with Jason, that's that that's what I'm getting from that. And I, yeah. Just just right now, like Jason loved that playoff game. I loved it. The Columbus game was it was a memory to use Jason's words. And yeah, I, and I think that's what he wants more of. So that's what I would expect the president or you know like the expectations are set. Like you need to make the playoffs. A home playoff. Maybe not this year. Uh, but but definitely next year. In MLS, the expectation should always be playoffs. Yeah, and, and uh, I, but we're talking about a team that finished second to last. It's only I know one time, we but years ago. Minutes, no, we were 15 minutes away from the playoff last year, which was almost historically bad. Yeah, so I, I think 
when you couple the fact just how forgiving the MLS playoff structure is, you should get in. But I also think you look at how many injuries we had last year, which dominated this show for most of the season. And we're not starting out great when I look at the list right now. But, I, yeah, I think making the playoffs this year, I think that's a reasonable expectation to have if I'm Jason Levian and I'm talking to potential hires. Yeah, you got to find a way to make the playoffs. Like, there's some bad teams in the East. There are good teams. There are very good teams. You should be in the middle. I also think it's promising that a lot of the injuries, sorry, Black, but just to talk, touch on injuries, a lot of them are from last season or they're like surgeries that had to happen in postseason or whatever. Like when you're completely changing the way that you're playing the game and especially upping the tempo and the way that Lasada is doing right now, we're not seeing a lot of new players get injured. And I think that is like hats off to the physio team for being yeah, able to real, yeah. keep our players from, point. you know, upping their you know, they're upping everything and remaining healthy. And I think that looks good. Obviously, you know, just crazy tackles and like during the game, like things happen. But I think that possibly we'll see less of that just because of the way that we're training and the way that the physio team is working yeah. with the coach. I don't know how he, they worked with Ben Olsen, but all signs point towards positive right now. Yeah, you're right. I think we're, there's a positive thing to not have a lot of these overuse injuries early we will see as the season wears on, you know, we're, again, we're six weeks in team has been off since the end of October. It's too early to say that we're not, you know, working the guys too hard or finding the happy medium there. But back to your point, John, I absolutely agree that your baseline has to be making the playoffs. I, I think we're at the point where half the teams in the league make the playoffs and there are some not great playoff teams each year. Yeah. You can find a way into it. Even if you do muddle your way through that first third of the season, like you were saying, well, and, and the best part about that model is if we muddle our way through the first third of the season and if we close strong and that's how we get into the playoffs, then you are in the kind of the Seattle mindset of like, in theory, you're playing very well at the end of the season to then make up the points you dropped early when you were hurt and didn't know the style. And then all of a sudden you might be able to go on a run and you want to talk about fun away day like we talked about with James Graham. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you look back at like the 2014 DC team that started off on fire, top of the league for the mm-hmm. first half of the season, ended up I think finishing second at the Sporter Shield, and still bowed out first round of the playoffs. You know, look at years like the year we opened Audi Field. You bring Wayne Rooney in halfway through the season, team gets on a tear. You expected a lot more from that playoff run. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was it was a frustrating game to be sure, and then the next year, uh, a lot of other things going on off the field. But you can get on a a tear and get going late on uh and hopefully this team is able to do that uh i think we'll withhold judgment at least until we are looking more at that now if we're in wooden spoon contention and it's second week in september <laughs> then we're gonna have to ask questions but speaking of the wooden spoon i gotta throw this in the, the usl memes account is pretty hilarious on twitter it's they do a great job and they they tweeted out a picture of the Loudon United kit for this year and said it looks glorious and they had a wooden spoon crest on it. Oh, it was nice. like Damn. the format of the, like the World Cup. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was pretty brutal. All right. I'm not going to lie, I might buy one. <laughs> Just go right into it, you know, come on. Uh, well, I mean, back to, you know, how we're doing. Um, I don't think preseason was spectacular for DC, um, but just kind of talking offline a little bit with you all, I think that nobody's really like pushing the panic button right now am i correct in that what do you all think we can pull from these preseason games they finished up today i don't think we won a single one of them no i think we tied no, we beat a decent amount oh, okay. <laughs> we did beat loud we, di- we beat ourselves <laughs> um 
I think we tied a decent amount of them. We lost maybe one or two. So what do you all think we can pull from that? Well, I will preface all of this with saying we weren't able to watch any of them with a stream from DC or an official account. I believe we may have been able to find you know bits and pieces some around, but not being able to watch the team really does influence what we're able to, to cover. But to your point, it's preseason games. The games, the results don't matter. You, you don't necessarily go into it saying, okay, well, it's 1-1 now. Is this a result that we're happy to carry out? Like I would expect that they were pushing the whole time. Uh, yeah. And you work on the situations in practice. So we'll see what that comes in when we actually have games that have meaning. Uh, and I don't even know if we've really scheduled, scheduled on a lineup that is the ideal lineup. Yeah, uh, I think there's been trialists littered in every single yeah. game so far. So, uh, yeah, like you said, they, they don't really matter. They're for fitness and, and getting looks at guys. And, and, you know, we haven't been able to see. So I don't know how much. It, it's disheartening that they only were able to beat Loudon, But I, I, I'm not, like... They've made a lot of wholesale changes in, in some of the games, too, to, to try new things out. Um, I, the one thing I'll say, though, that we have to keep in mind when we talk about these injuries, it's really hard for me to lay out, like, who's today's, well, I guess really next weekend's starting 11 versus who's June's starting 11 because it's very different. I mean, we named three guys that are 100% in that starting 11 in June when they're healthy, and they're not available right now. Yeah. And then you've got new guys that are still in isolation from overseas transfers that we haven't even had a chance to see yet. Um, so I, I don't even know how you make up a game day 18, or is it is it 21 again with five subs? I don't. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we have to look into that one. It, yeah. So I guess should we break down the roster here a little bit? I mean, from what we've seen thus far – it's been largely a three four two one. Um in goal, it's it's been it's been Chris Seitz. And and I'll I'll tell you guys, you know, we talked about it quite a bit last season when Bill was out on a couple different stints. I thought Seitz played very well for this team last year. Um I I'm not nearly as nervous as I would have been a couple of years in the past when Hamid was out. I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with Sites in goal. I think he, he can do enough. I don't know if he's going to stand on his head and single-handedly win a game like Bill Hamid can do, but I also don't know that Lasada is going to set a goalkeeper up to have to do that in the same way that Ben Olsen's style did. Well, debatable. Maybe. <laughs> I, when you when you're like one, it's on a one, different right? set of keeper up from yeah. now, right? <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. It's not. It's not maybe like a thousand shots a game, but it's potentially yeah. like three, like one on one, three on the goalkeeper. Really have to make <laughs> that's the true, save. That's true. That's yeah. true. Which is fine if you're scoring four goals. Then, yeah. Then, yeah. Then you're doing fine. But you're, you're right. It's probably not a style where one mistake from the keeper is going to mean that you're going to lose one zero and yeah. the entire approach to it changes. Uh, I think we generally believe that. Bill Hamid is one of the most excellent keepers in the league and should be in the conversation for the national team. He's probably worth about a goal a game. And if yeah. you are actually scoring goals, that can be a, a major impact. But yeah. the problem for DC has not been on keeping the ball out of the back of our own net. You know, usually you're losing games 1-0, maybe 2-1. Yeah. Uh, it's been finding the uh, opposing final third, let alone the back of that net, right? For yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things watching you know, some of the clips on preseason games. We were scoring lots of goals on set pieces, crosses, yeah. you know, people taking advantage of things. And those are opportunities that you're going to get every game. You're going to, you know, as long as you're going forward, you're going to have corner kicks. Uh, so seeing them actually finding ways to convert on those is an encouraging sign for sure. 
No, I totally agree. And I mean, I guess one of the questions that remains to be seen because it's news as of a week or so ago um, that Hamid kind of re-aggravated an injury. So I think the, the, the intent was to have him back very soon and now it's going to be a couple more weeks. So will the team try to sign another keeper to kind of have uh, on the bench or will it be Kempin uh, who's who's yeah. backing up sites for the first few games? Yeah, I think it was initially like rumored that DC United would take another look, but I, I, I think Hamid's injury is just like a hernia or something, something like I mean, nothing is good, but a hernia is very just like, you know, you get in there and fix it and it's done kind of problem. Yeah. Um, so I think I heard that the team was not going to look for another one. But uh, TBD, I mean, they could. I, I don't think they should. I don't think they need to. I think oh, they need to raise I think, like I said, Sites is fine and, and Hamid will be back in a few weeks. So Well, we also have Kempin too, right? So like we have, and he's experienced sure. from yeah. Columbus. So um, we have a little bit of depth in that area. Yeah, let's move to the the defenders on this roster because this is where things get very interesting. You know, Burnbaum obviously is out for, for a few more weeks, had to have a second surgery, which is frustrating as a fan. It's got to be devastating for, for him as a player and, and such an important player on this team. Um, Fred Briant just celebrated his 98th birthday, so uh, happy birthday to Fred. <laughs> oh no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Fred is obviously... He might come back on the show. I hope so. <laughs> Look, I love Fred, but... To ask this guy to continue to anchor a three-man back line for this entire season, I, I I hope he can pull it off. I also hope we have other options to give my man a rest because it's it's not an easy thing to do. And Sam, as you alluded to, like this style puts a lot of pressure on defenders. They're going to be tracking back quite a bit, and and that's a lot of extra fitness, as Lasada's talked about, that, that he needs to build up. And so um, when I look at the back line right now, it's – Briant, it's Heinzike, and it's Pines. And and I don't really see another option in that three-man back line. Am I missing something? Uh, no, we haven't got a look at the shields, and, and there's been a trialist in the in the preseason games playing at one of those center back positions. But, it, it, yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on there. I think it's those three. And, and like, you know, like James said earlier, I think it's a big year for Pines because a lot's going to be on his shoulders. It's been kind of kind of a, a fun transition because the Olsen era – Definitely, like, pre-mid was four four two. We uh, super used to it. Forever, ever. And if you asked me four years ago, I would have told you playing three center backs is dumb. DC United play two, and that's already too defensive. But we kind of saw Ben Olsen transition to a three in the back, and now we have Hernan who's going to play, uh, it seems like, a full-on three center back in the backs and then two wing backs. But we're not missing the defender there, or not missing yeah. a midfielder because those wing backs are not not right back, left back. They're, they're up in the attack. So a lot, a lot is going to be on almost all the defensive responsibilities on this back three. It's a lot of fun. I've come to appreciate the three-man back line a lot. I mean, Leicester City have, have deployed a few times this year, and I, it's I'm so rooted in the four-four-two. Right, I right. grew up on DC United. I know that that <laughs> style, like, just I'm, I, there's comfort in that. It fits the field well, but. <laughs> When you have three center backs that are physical and, and they're comfortable with the ball at their feet and they're comfortable pushing forward, it, it it changes the entire dynamic. And then you add two wing backs that can work the sidelines. It's it's just so much more explosive. And when you when you have you know five quote unquote defenders that are very good at defending as well, that's a better back line than you can get out of a four-man back line in a lot of ways, but you've got to find the right personnel, and they've got to be comfortable working together to make it work. And I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see how Lasada implements it, because this is the way he wants to play. You know, Whenever Ben made a formation change after lots and lots of 
experience on previous moves, it was always going to be a second language to him. You know, yeah. Ben wanted to play a four four two no matter what. He shifted a little bit. You know, I guess it was the summer of seventeen when you brought in Ariola, you brought in a couple of other guys, and you had a formation that made sense to kind of change up and make that diamond in the midfield. But he never really changed too much at the back. I think one time last year we played three at the back, and it was disastrous. Yeah, but wasn't that, fun. There was also Knauss <laughs> back there, I think. Yeah, right. it was. It was. Oh. And it was in part required by the, the injury situation, so you can't put too much on it. But it was never going to be Ben Olsen's first language to say, okay, three guys are at the back, and that's who we're going to lead on. So I'm going to be very interested to see how Lasada implements that as somebody who for lack of a better term, speaks it as a native language. You know, this is how I want to line up my guys and how he communicates that to the players is going to be fascinating this season. I think a wrinkle also is that it, it, it's, you it, it, talked about it as weird for DC United, but it's weird for the league. Most teams in this league come out in a 4-4-2 or, or, or some, you know, 4-2-3-1, something like that. It's going to be a wrinkle for the league. And I wonder if teams are forced to adapt to it, if, if he gets it working right, uh, it could be it could be fun tactically for the league. You know, as a Syracuse basketball fan, I enjoy oh the fact that you can sometimes deploy a defense that other teams haven't seen before, and and there's a benefit to that, and it, and it's especially a benefit when you're not the most talented team out there, which I think is going to be very true for DC United. You're right; if they can get very comfortable in a formation that teams don't regularly play against, that'll be an advantage in and of itself. You pile on the fitness on top of that, and you can cover up some skill deficits with that. Well, that's an interesting point you make about the, the talent level on this team. And, you know, we made some acquisitions in the offseason, none that are going to turn heads internationally or, you know, make big money decisions. But even going into last year, you looked at this team and thought it was a team that could function fairly well, at least in that middle level of MLS, you know, outside the top four, maybe going away for a playoff game. And, for me, I feel like we're still in that same general situation of a team that you don't expect to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Now, you're making changes, obviously, with the coaching and playing in a different formation. But I think talent-wise, you're right that they're not going to be outspending the LAFCs and the Atlantas of the world. But the talent is there. I agree. I think this... Yeah. We haven't made a whole lot of changes to the roster, yeah. right? It largely looks the same as last year, but I, th- I don't think last year's talent was utilized in the same way, right? Like, Joshua, I'm going to, like, set you up for this one. But Gressel came in, and, I mean, he was phenomenal for Atlanta, right? He was just, like, sending balls in. Um, I was going to say left and right, but really just from the right. (laughs) 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 And he was getting so many assists, and part of it is obviously having Joseph Martinez up there. But, I mean, part of it is we just didn't see that any real – great opportunities coming from him and part of that is because of the system so i think if we have a better system that more plays to the strength of the players um i think that there's potential for these players like to rise above potentially our expectations but at least meet our expectations because i don't think anyone met our expectations last year yeah and it's interesting i think we have gressel down as a midfielder on this uh and more as a defender uh, and these are all classifications. I think that's what everyone else has been putting down. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how those guys are employed. Is more going to be the left wing back, so he's going to be like almost more of a midfielder. Is Gressel going to be – who plays that right wing position? Is it Areola? Uh, that, I would consider that part of the defense, that yeah. right wing position. But, or, or is it Gressel? It's going to be interesting once they're both back and healthy. Uh, but, yeah, I, I – I think the three center backs are, are solid. I would love to see one more transfer there. 
but yeah, th- it's interesting with the wingbacks. Who who's at left wing back then? Uh, Moore. Okay. Think, I think that's Moore's position, and I've I've seen uh, again. We're all just speculating. I did get to watch the NYCFC game, uh, and then I've seen the tweets and the radio from from a different a couple of different ones, and it seems like Moore is. A lot more forward, and and he used to do that in the four four two. And he's usually, I mean, I remember him putting some good balls in, you yeah. know, when the, when the time came. So that that'll be fun to see him out there. Um, it it, I mean, obviously COA is still injured along with Paul, so like it, the lineup does kind of like write itself for the first couple games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, guys like, is it when you when you bleed into the attacking side of the roster, is is it Assad like? alongside Flores then and then you've oh. got Kamara up top or are you going with more of a traditional 10 and then two strikers well why don't you read the midfield and then we can get into it yeah sure so I well obviously well I guess yeah we did name everybody on the defense okay thanks Sam yeah. <laughs> keep me honest here so at midfield obviously Paul Ariel is is still injured but definitely back from what was a disastrous Disaster. loan yeah. spell <laughs> at Swansea and you know I I had hoped it was bad in the sense that he didn't enjoy being in Wales as I said on the show. I think it was bad for other reasons, but I, I'm excited to have him back. Um, Yamil Assad, who I am pegging for a big breakout season again this year, um, again from his previous breakout seasons, not last year. Um, <laughs> Russell Canals, uh, Edison Flores, Julian Gressel, Felipe, who's still injured for the time being, but working his way through rehab. Uh, you know Moreno, Moses Nyman, Kevin Paredes, uh, and... Jordi Reyna. Not Gio. But I was going to go with Gio. <laughs> uh, Reyna, who, yeah. So what does that midfield look like then? Because we've talked about, you know, wing backs, right? So call them defenders, call them, I think it's probably Mora and Gressel, as we've talked about for the first few weeks anyway. What do you do in the middle of the midfield? Well, uh, yeah. It's, so it's just two. If we have wing backs, uh, it's, it's just a two-man midfield. And it's really interesting because I think... I mean, uh, outside of the wingers in that category, is it just a two-man midfield? I think we both just tried to stop and do math. You because could do what, three about, still, what about what right? about a defense? What are you doing for three. a defensive midfield? And, and then the, the wingbacks are like weird, right? So they're they're defenders. So it's a five-two. You're that's talking about doing seven, a, a three-four-two-one. Three? three-four-two-one is what we have written down for defense. Okay. So, so to me, that's four midfielders, right? Right. I mean, if you two count the wingbacks as midfielders, okay, I'm referring to them as defenders that get forward. So the two are still kind of midfielders, though. They're actually, yes. So two midfielders, like I was saying. No, but three, four, two. The two are still kind of midfielders. The two are wingers in this situation. And that's how DC United has been lining up. I see what you're saying. Okay, so you still got to name four midfielders. Yes. <laughs> two of them further forward, two of them further back. You you have a... I think they're more true wingers than a left midfielder, right midfielder. I think it's a... Kamarni Smith will be filling that role, uh, or, or you know, like has some, he in preseason? I think he's been playing yeah, up top. That's how he ew, up top as a winger. Yeah, I think not as a like a defender though. Not as a wing back, but yeah. a winger. Well, yes, like we have yep. wingers and wing backs. Yes. We're not playing two attacking mid uh, midfields. Uh, we're playing. Uh, anyways, uh, I think I'm about to send it to commercial and see yeah. if we can get our own act <laughs> together here. <laughs> I think there's two actual midfielders in there. Right, okay. Shuffling before, and I think who's that? I think our two best midfielders are Moreno and Canales, and I'm interested to see if Nyman is able to bust that up because that's super defensive. I don't, I don't think we've ever asked Canales and 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 Moreno to like shuttle the ball forward. Mm -hmm. It'll be yeah, and you and you don't have Kevin at the moment, and Felipe's out, and Felipe's out as well. Okay, so you've got in theory, you've got 
Junior and Russ, and and you've got what I would expect to be some some very fit legs coming off the bench potentially in in Moses Nyman. So, what are you doing sort of for your your wingers in this situation? Go ahead. Oh, Sam me. still looks incredibly skeptical, and I'm just I laughing. Don't at I think I agree with the three four two one that <laughs> well, we have written down. Sam, we'll go to you next. Which <laughs> is fundamentally my fault. Uh, so so wingers uh what there's basically like they're like second forwards right well, and, and do you have joe and and uh and gressel plugged in at wing back yeah so okay. I, so i would guess it would be flores on the left wing as part of yeah. that, that final two and then areola as the other one or well, not, not on not on match day one yeah uh, oh, it's gonna be tough days uh, i would almost put a sod on the left and throw flores on the right interesting i don't know I mean, I'm interested to see because there's a lot of question marks with injuries. There's a lot of question marks at Ford because yeah, uh, who, who's up top? We have seven. we'll read them out. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole another list. Oh, that is a whole another list. But actually, before we go there, because that's going to take 20 minutes for me to read through the list, <laughs> Michael and Sam, I want to hear what you're doing in the midfield. Not what we've been talking about. <laughs> All right, uh, well, Michael, are you well, playing no. with the same style we're talking through before no, we switch? Yeah, I think okay. You, I, think, I think you have the, the two wing backs. I think Mora is likely a starter there, and then you know we talk about these formations like they're static, but if you need to end up having a more defensive look, you can have a more tucking back in and playing in that, uh, smash the mic <laughs> with that defense. <laughs> I, I feel strongly about it. Uh, no, but you, you can kind of shift it around. It's not like you have lines of people moving around. It's not like a foosball table. Um, and I think you do start with Gressel at first on the right. You, he's had experience playing like that in, in that wing back, yeah, uh, moving backwards forwards. And I think, as far as needing additional cover in the middle, I think you do end up doing it with Moreno and Canals. It seems to be the the most reasonable setup, and that seems to be how they started today. Again, not being able to watch the game. Apparently, the Red Bulls had a radio feed on it, but we got occasional tweets. Uh, not that we're better. <laughs> yeah, the radio feed was like cutting in and out. So, what are you doing at the top of this formation then, in terms of like attacking midfielders? I think for me, I would like to see. Assad and Flores probably yeah. as the you know the, the playmakers there, letting them roam around a bit. I think especially when you have that higher position too, you get a lot more freedom for them to do what they want to do. Now, if you have situations where Assad and Flores both want to drift to the left, that's going to be a problem for you. But I think those are the guys that you see as your your playmakers who are really going to uh, be that that engine in the middle, creating opportunities for people going forward. So Ryan Johnson, um, listening on YouTube, says that he expects Kamara and Smith to start against New York City, um, which he's given Kamarni Smith the, the start, but he's kind of been balling out in this preseason, right? I, look, for our sake, my dude, draft pick, taking up international slot. I listened to Joshua complain about that for months. I hope he kills it this year. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. I know you do. <laughs> I'm just looking at resources. Were, were there generation of DS players available? That's yeah, what I heard. There was multiple. <laughs> Apparently, there was this kid that no one wanted from Clemson that we've taken, but he scored in pre-sentence. He's doing well. And he's a part of this very extensive forward list that John's going to have to read soon. Yeah. yeah so, again, these players are all, you know, based on the DC United website. This is what DC United is saying they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows if that's actually going to pan out to be accurate. So, Sam, clearly you're playing a different, deploying a different formation to start. Walk yeah. us through Perhaps I Sammy Caspall. look at this doc close enough, and I apologize. I don't know. I think that we play with five in the back and James Graham stayed on our YouTube feed and he said, so it's a five, two, two, one, um, which also possibly doesn't feel right. Maybe like a 
five, like three one one, maybe kind of like a. Well, the difference between a five two two one and a like three four two one isn't just, that much. Yeah, no, it's, it's just the where where you classify. It's just, yeah, it's just what you call them. Yes, but I, I think that that like matters, right? Like when you're talking about like just three in the back versus five in the back with the two that push up, like. I think that is a fundamental way in which you're approaching the game. Right. So right. I don't think that we're just going to start with three in the back. I don't think we have three defenders who are strong enough for that. Like if we had like Walker Zimmerman, maybe, right? Like he's like an MLS all-star, but I don't, and I love our defenders, but I don't think that we can. Donovan Pines is there. Yeah. So, so talk us he's through, not there talk yet. us through your lineup. <laughs> I mean, I just, I think we play five in the back. Definitely. I think so who do we, who are they? Well, I think I, I agree with what you all were saying. Okay, like so the same people, a, but you're yeah, not pushing the wingbacks people. forward as much. I am, but I think that their job is also to come back more defensively. I think that. Well, like, then you need wingers, yeah. So, 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 so that, yeah, how does that change the the, uh, the top, top three then? Yeah, yeah, that's what the math I've been trying to do in my head. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 I've seen smoke coming out your out. right ear, and I wasn't <laughs> sure why that was happening. <laughs> I, I got stuck in the defense, honestly, yeah, but go. just fundamentally, I think that like when you when your game plan is to like push all the way forward like the mentality also is everyone to know their defensive role it doesn't mean that everyone's just an offensive player and we just like hope to score a frick ton of goals and like make it work i hope we do that i also hope we do that (laughs) but i think that like you start from the back and you say this is everybody's role and as we push up this is how your role shifts if you play with three in the back i think your mentality is more to hold people in the midfield um and it's like less emphasis on the defense and more emphasis on like the midfield play you're not like necessarily pushing up as a team in the same way okay so so from a personnel perspective from do a you personnel have any perspective i think you all no from a personnel okay. perspective i think you all are pretty on on point yeah. i would love to see how lasada has them lining up because you're right i mean we like well everybody's talking about bit. one striker which is Kind of interesting. I actually haven't gone through the list. Yeah, but yet, when but... you when your whole team is flooding forward, it doesn't sure. feel like one striker. Like I, I I need to see this on the field. But I just think like fundamentally, when you say three in the back versus five in the back, like it's not just three people doing the work in the back. Yeah. Because sure, they, yeah. like when you just have okay, here it is. When you just have three in the back, you have more of a solid line in the midfield in front of them. So you can say these are our three true mid defenders, and the midfield has it covered. But when you say you have five in the back, you say these people are also dropping back and helping with the defensive work. And I think that's the reality of what we're going to see this season, as opposed to us trying to shut it down in the midfield. We're trying to shut it down and their offensive third, and when it breaks down, we're coming back to our defensive half to win the ball back as opposed to stopping that at midfield. Yeah, and I take your point about mentality as far as you know what you're telling people is their first responsibility. Either way, you end up having four guys centrally and being responsible for playmaking going forward. And in all of this conversation, we haven't talked about Paul's role in this yet. Because you know, if we think that Gressel's on the right wing and Moore's on the left wing – your wings are fairly well covered. Do you move Ariola to the middle? Does that displace Assad? Does that displace Flores? Do you put him up top? You know, I think we all I, think that Ariola is one of our best players. Yeah. You need to see him out there, but where is he slotting? It, it almost, to me then, and, and this is dangerous, but it almost becomes like a 5-1-3-1 one, one 
at that point where you I'm comfortable with that's allowed... math that I couldn't get to, yeah, but right? I'm very comfortable with those numbers. Thanks because for getting there for me. Here for you, Sam. So then, because <laughs> what that would allow you to do is then move Flores more as a proper ten. You could keep your mill out at left. You could you could slot uh, Ariel in at right, and then you could build some sweet partnerships between. Mora and Assad and Gressel and I'm super Ariola. confident. So, in the, so you're going confident in this. First, going Marino for, or Canals at the the one. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and and that's where things get interesting, right? Yeah. It's like, however, or Felipe. This is our Felipe. first first disagreement of the year. I I, I disagree. I, I don't I don't think this team has a true ten, so I don't think you can play as a ten. I think you. I think what what I think Lasada wants to do is have those wingbacks overlap or, or you know go inverted off of wingers because Flores is not a 10. Uh, he's not That's as... why you're not playing a 3-4-2-1, though. Because you only have that. two people in the outside at that point. The, the, the wing, I think the two are more wingers than 10s. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So oh. so, so I think there will be an overlap with because I, I think Assad is a winger, Yori is a winger, Flores is a winger. And you have a completely empty midfield, though. We have two in the midfield, and they're going to have to... I uh, don't think that's few. the way... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's where I'm losing you too a little bit, and, and I don't think I don't know. We have a 10. I think Flores figures it out. I, I don't think he had a good season last season. I think he got. I don't a little think he was good better. anywhere on the field last season. He's got to figure it out. And I think it's. A I 10. think he figures it out as a ten this season. I think he's given the chance to figure it out. He doesn't play as a ten for Peru, or he didn't play like that in the Liga Mac. I think that's setting him up for. I don't know. Asking your well, DP to be a different player is tough. Well, here's here's the beauty. I mean, we're of, talking about Slot and Paul in everywhere. Here's the beauty of. Losada's system plus having five subs this year is I don't think we're running the same system for a full 90 maybe ever this year I expect a lot of changes to what DC United are running I expect substitutions to not be one for one like they were almost every time under Benny I expect them to be more tactical changes at that point you bring somebody in to do a thing not to one for one replace somebody so I could see a game where you actually are kind of running both systems, like you, you know, whatever they figure out is their most comfortable, their their normal system, fine. But then things happen, goals are scored on either side. You make a change, and then all of a sudden you're flooding into another system. I expect Lasada is going to want this team to be fluent in in several different ways of playing the game. And I think one of the things that you'll see as an interesting change is that Lasada is working with the personnel that he's got on hand. He has had a chance to impact a little bit since he's been here, but most of the big transfers and big moves we've brought in were done before him. So to some extent, he has a clean slate there. Uh, Gressel did not have a great season last year, but he showed that he has had quality in Atlanta. If he doesn't continue to show that quality this year, he might end up sliding back and you put an aerial on the right. and That solves a lot of your problems. So to some extent, Lasada doesn't have that kind of burden that some of the other, like Ben Olsen would have had saying, okay, we bought in our most expensive trade within the league ever. We've got to make him play. Lasada's looking at this and saying, you know, these are the guys I have. This is what yeah. I expect to get from them. So I do think we're going to have a little bit of a difference based on just that one dynamic. So I, I want to ask you a little bit, Joshua, because you mentioned Flores, not a 10 for Peru, wasn't a 10 in his previous positions. Where Where is he best deployed in, in in what system based on you know his his past success so I, and i don't think there's a different lineup per se i think they're they're active i don't think dc united will play through the middle of the field i i think they're going to try to put numbers on wings and, and and overlap there so i think ideal situation no one's injured you have 
uh, whoever's starting striker. We don't know. We we'll get there in a second. We have so many. <laughs> and then you have no, 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 okay. you have Flores and Ariola underneath, but they play out wide cutting in, right? So okay. so there's overlaps there. I don't think either of those players can play the pass into the forward. We haven't seen that. I, I don't even know if we saw that with Lucho. I don't think he was, uh, you know, tens cost a lot in this league. Yeah. And so I think it'll be more about utilizing space and crossing balls in than, than driving through the midfield. I think that you're leaving a gap in the midfield, though. Like, who are those balls being crossed into? And then when teams counterattack against us, are they just, like, streaking through the midfield and flying through? Well, we have... Remember, five. you've got you've got five defenders, quote exactly. unquote, in this system. Yeah, but three Plus of them are got, staying back, right? Like, I don't know that they're going to stay back, and I think that's that's what I'm expecting to see in Losada's system. Is I, I think they're going to be pretty far. So forward. you want to talk about asking players to do things they're not comfortable with, though? Like Breon, Pines, Burnbaum, DeShields, Heinzike, whoever you want to throw in there, right? Like none of those center backs are comfortable with like streaking up the field and like scoring goals maybe well, I, steven but i mean he's only really comfortable doing it on set pieces so I, are you now asking them to completely like leave the back line i i think i think you might have misunderstood me a little bit i i don't expect them to be streaking forward it, like like i would expect a wing back to do but i do expect them to play more advanced yeah the line will be back higher. line typically exactly yeah i think the line will be a lot higher and in front of that line, you're going to have your two defensive midfielders as well. You're going to have, but that's for still the start, not leaving Canals anyone and... in the box to receive the crosses. Oh, I, I would think we were addressing your concern about Defense. attacking. Yeah, when we're when you're we're doing defending. both at the same time, though, well, right? They... Because a cross goes in, and you kind of have to assume it's fifty-fifty, and then it's coming back down your throat. So you need to be setting up to score the goal, but you also, in the back of your mind, need to be knowing how you're collapsing backwards. Right. So, so you have the the forward and the far side winger. You know, like far side attacking midfielder. So and you only then, have two people in the box. Uh, yeah, and then okay, yeah, that, and then you have the overlapping wing back and then a winger, and I think that's how. I mean, that might okay. be two more people than we had in the box all twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, so True. I mean, very. That sounds right. <laughs> I disagree. I also think it's we haven't seen it in on the field, right? So like yeah. a lot, of, a lot is going to come out in this first game. Obviously, like the players are getting used to it and they're understanding it, but we haven't seen it. The goal that I did see against the NYC, it was Flores out wide crossing the ball into the box. And and was that two uh, strikers at that point or no? I, I think it was one striker. Okay. I think it was Kamarni. Because it was Kamarni's yeah. goal, right? Yeah. But again, you know, to go back, the, just the idea of scoring goals off of crosses is something we haven't had a whole lot of. Yeah. Not from a run of play, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> run of play. Like, you've been fortunate on some set pieces. You've gotten the occasional ball on a counter. But to actually be creating chances, sending crosses in and putting them away that that's a difference and i think what's so fun about the conversation we're having right now is like this is just how close we are to the season starting like a, <laughs> a, the conversation we have a week from tonight will be based on 90 minutes of how they actually lined up how they played what style they want to do and, and we're gonna we're gonna know a heck of a lot more but a, as we talk about you know players and positions we haven't talked about our forwards yet um kind of have there but... are a lot of them um I don't know how good many of them are, but Ola Kamara is returning. Um, so we got that. Um, <laughs> how many goals is he going to score this year, Joshua? Uh, look, off his oh, track man. record, which he put a big dent in. Oh, he's not. I don't know if he's the number one striker for DC United anymore. Oh, who do you think is? I think. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, read go them down, out first. Go down well, I'm, I'm looking the at the list. list, and some of these people are listed twice. <laughs> Because that is how much we have to learn in the next week. But um, Perez, with the new acquisition for LAFC, uh, Reina could play forward as a, as a forward. Roberta, um, Smith, 
Sorga, who scored today. We've got Griffin Yao. Um, we've actually, I think I missed one of the new acquisitions as well that's not listed here, who's still in quarantine. Did I not? Yes. And then that's for Bertha, who, who just signed. And- I think okay. there's someone I else, I there though. was two, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Boulevard from... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so who's your number one striker now? Yeah, well, and also, don't forget the trialist, former DC United great, Andy Nahar. Uh, Andy Nahar is going to be a right wing back depth. I... I all right, so I have a, do you think we're signing him? I have a yeah. yes. We're absolutely we have the slots. We have five oh, yeah, subs. Sure. I think no. right. it, that's a different conversation. <laughs> Anyways, I, I think the number one striker is going to be Roberta. I think he's Sorga 2.0. I think they went to a higher league in Europe and found someone who was over. Which league did he come from? He came from the Belgian. Maybe. Or... I think he did come from the Belgian league, right? Because yeah, yeah. that was Lasada connection. Yes. Sorry, came from I'm, Estonia. I know that. Yeah, Estonia, and, and so like I, I like first Bulgaria, Bulgaria, PFC Levski Sofia, capital Bulgaria. And so I, I like immediately pulled up like the the European rankings of the leagues, and and it's like Estonia is like the worst league in Europe, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and it's great that Sorga tore it up and is not here now. I like I like Sorga. He scored today, like you said, um, but I think. Roberto has proved it at a higher level. I, I think that's what the team is going to go for. I, I I wouldn't invest playing minutes in Ola Kamara right now. Yeah. He's, he's he was that bad last year. <laughs> well, and, and to answer, I can't disagree. I just love to hear that. One. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, and to answer James's question in the chat, you know, he's asking if we're going to play two strikers at some point this season. I think you probably do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I we're going to be losing games. And we're gonna <laughs> again. We're, we're talking about these numbers as you know being set in stone. They're going to slide around. There's yeah. going to be different situations, and if anything, I expect Lasada to be more flexible than Ben was as far as saying we need to change it up and yeah. having the players in a place where they can do that. So I could certainly see putting two guys up top and, and seeing what happens there. Whether that's you know having two push all the way forward, one that kind of sits underneath, it, it it'll vary, but I think it'll be situational. Well, and, and I I think in a lot of ways, depending on and and I don't know enough about Heinzeich's career if he can push out wide in, in a four-man back line, but it, it almost makes your first sub easy. If you want to go to two up top, you either bring somebody in for one of your two defensive midfielders, or you bring somebody in for one of your wing backs, and then you can either fall into a four-man back line, or you can fall into the 5-1-3 or 5-1-2-2, two, two, I guess, at that point, which is going to be interesting. But there's a lot of things that this team can do, and I think a lot of that just kind of falls back to the fitness conversation that, that we kind of yeah. started out this segment on is, not only are substitutions going to be dictated from, you know, what's happening on the field, what the scoreline is, but at first they're going to be dictated from fitness, and and the substitutions you make are going to dictate the style you play. So is Kamara going to start next Saturday? Yes, I think he's the most he's the veteran striker, and I think he's been getting minutes in preseason. But I I think there's strong options behind him maybe not maybe not strong as a league wide but strong in the internal competition we suffered through a, a painful season last year for in in so many ways but if i'm a new coach coming in and i look at ola kamara like we did a, a year ago on this show there's a big upside there if i'm lasada I look at last year and I'm like, okay, you missed some, you missed some chances you should have scored, but also you weren't given a ton of service. So like, let's let's put you in a style, let's mold you to this style, let's set you up for more success this year. I think he starts, and I think he has a better year because the bar is pretty damn low. Uh, yeah, the bar's low. Uh, yeah, he's gonna get. Hopefully, he's gonna get more touches. Uh, and again, I, I don't know if I want to invest minutes in Kamara getting back to the normal, right? Because he he's like he's he's done it. He's got the track his the track record, everything in this league. Um, but 
But man, we bought we brought in like four different strikers. Uh, hopefully, we give some of those guys a chance, and they're not just like collecting dust on the bench. So, I, I like the way you phrase that. You've used the term investment minutes a couple times, and it, and it it makes me think of you know a year ago, Olson was here, Ryan Martin, and Loudon, and it was you know the idea was we're going to play the same system from kind of top to bottom within the DC United mentality, right? I'll be interested to see, does Loudon now adapt more of a Lasada type system to keep that mentality of we're going to we're gonna play that same system throughout our entire organization? Because when you talk about investing minutes, guys like Kamarni Smith could go down and, and get some serious minutes at Loudon. And if they're playing the same style, now in theory without as many of the COVID concerns we had last year, that's a good way to keep people fresh. Whereas last year we, we didn't really have that option. Yeah, honestly, I think that's the ideal. And I think that's what you would want to see. I don't think we have Lasada for long enough to make that actually beneficial. Um, I, I don't wait, think... Wait, wait, did you say you don't think he's going to... Do you mean he's not going to be with DC United? I, I don't think wait? he's going to... I think he signed a three-year contract and like we keep him for that. And then he probably moves back to Europe okay. to a hopefully higher team because he's proved himself here. And I don't think three years is enough time. Like we're talking about like he's working with the same team from last year, right? Ideally, he's able to make his own acquisitions and trades and things like that to make it fit for him. So then when you add like doing that in Loudon also, I think that takes longer than three years. So I don't think that he's going to be sending people as fluidly as we've seen in the past. We've had this conversation in the past about what Loudon is there for. I I agree that it's hard to shift the entire makeup of a team, you know, every couple of years based on changing systems. But to my mind, the reason you don't have Loudon because you're looking to win the USL championship. They're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just not there. And, you know, if they have players that are performing particularly well, they'll often end up on DC United's bench or even on the team for the first, for the first team. Uh, so to me, I think you do try to do that more aggressively, even if it's trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't necessarily have to work. It's the fact that you're getting the repetition and you're getting the work in that system, at least on the top line. Like, you, you, if you go into a game where you're expecting the other team to play in a certain way, and you there's a best way to counter it, the coaching staff at Loudon should absolutely work around that. Yeah, yeah. But their default should probably be having three center backs. Uh, I'm interested to see how bought in Ryan Martin is because yeah. that's the one who's going to be making the, the head coach for Loudon United. That's, if yeah. he's bought in on that kind of style, it, it could it could transcend Losada. It could be a system thing where. You know, if Lasada moves on or if he sucks and we get a new coach, we, we, we stick with that kind of ethos and we find a coach that plays yeah. three in the back, overlapping wing backs. And it could be. You're right. You're right. It's possibly like a larger what is DC United see for the future thing. But that was my thing, too, is like Ryan Martin is not just a yes man. Right. Like, I, I doubt that he wants to stay at Loudon for the rest of his career forever. Right. So if he's just saying, like, I'm going to play this system because Lasada told me to, even though like our the manpower we have is not going to fit it at all. I'm just like grooming people to move up. I don't think that's going to help his career. Right. So I wonder how many conversations they've had. You're right. That's a fair question. Like how often did Benny and Ryan Martin, but also like at the end of the day, Lasada doesn't get to tell Ryan Martin what to do. Ryan Martin get to tell Loudon what to do. Well, it, it might not be Lasada, but it might be, 
the Casper. Dave Caspers yeah. or the Jason Levians of the world that you say, also kind of need Ryan to buy in though otherwise I mean he leaves and you could get someone else but we haven't seen that happen so maybe Ryan's totally bought in or maybe he's like I also need to prove myself as a coach and like grow my skills I don't think yeah. and, and frankly there's a lot of value to be had in I mean obviously Martin's going to get judged on results at Latin. Exactly. But to be able to say that you got the team where it needed to be and you know, be able to show growth in a number of different systems, there's yeah. certainly value there. Like we, we talk about coaches as having one locked in system because we're used to seeing Ben Olsen married to his 442 forever and ever. If you can roll out different sides, like, you know, we look at the Premier League, Pep Guardiola will change within the space of five ten minutes what he's trying to do there if you have a coach that is able to do that there's there's certainly a value to be had there. i don't think that he has the mental like the manpower though like yeah right yeah. So, we're talking about different yeah uh, we're talking about like different sure. sports almost when you talk about it like that so i think that he a little bit also needs to stick to his own guns right and maybe say we're going to expand like this a little bit a little bit but I don't see him like completely flipping mentalities just because that's what the DC United head coach of well, the time is doing. The only thing I'll say to that is Loudon and, and most USL championship teams build their rosters very late before the season starts. I mean, Loudon still signing talent today. Um, so all, all that, all this, all I want to try to say there is the roster that Loudon had when Lasada was first signed probably wasn't 11 people, you know, with the way contracts work, right? So I think they do have the flexibility to kind of build a roster season over season based on the guys they bring in, the guys they resign, the the youth they promote. Um, so I, all that's to say, I think they have a little more flexibility than an MLS team to, to kind of totally flip the way they play year over year. Yeah, and I, and I think it would be super valuable to get have more of the the idea of switching you know send pines down for a couple of weeks obviously he's past that now but like you know kamarni smith or, or someone and have them play the same position same and and be ready to go come back to the senior team next week because we need you because we have i mean i'm not denying that that's important i'm just saying that i don't think that we're gonna see it to the extent that we've seen it in the past time will tell we're gonna learn a lot over the next few weeks yeah. that's for sure so uh sam are you starting um kamar up top i don't know if you answered um sure <laughs> sam's looking at this lineup like i don't know i guess i'll pick him i guess um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw smith get a decent amount of minutes to start i, I off think with. i think kamari smith is absolutely gonna play next weekend i don't know if yeah. he'll start but it'll be interesting to see if he comes in as a one for one or i also think that possibly if you are going into it knowing that players can only play 60 minutes and that you're not expecting to win a bunch of the first games I think that maybe the starting lineup the first couple games isn't going to mean what it usually means, like going into the last stretch of the season. I think he's probably still learning the team and kind of figuring out who works in which system, how. So if we saw a starting lineup next weekend, I don't think that means that like those are Lasada's favorite 11 players. No, when we see a starting lineup next weekend. Next ah. We will see a starting lineup next weekend. So, look, somehow we're already 90-plus minutes into this show, so we're going to we're gonna do the abbreviated version of the rest of the show notes here. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the schedule this year. You know, we talked with James earlier about how excited we are when, when schedule drops. Um, 
for for DC United and and I mean for most of the league, there was a cool Reddit article that kind of broke down how they did most of the geography this year. But we're, we're playing almost exclusively Eastern Conference opponents. We talked about this a little bit. Um, it's Minnesota at home, it's San Jose on the road, and it's the Eastern Conference. Um, we there's a break for the Nations League in early June, which you know, I I kind of talked about how I look at the season kind of in three windows. Um, playoffs are back to seven teams in the East, so that's uh, somewhat reasonable now. Yeah, more reasonable and, and, and a little more difficult to make. So I, I think I was still kind of under the mindset that almost everybody gets a trophy earlier, but it's like half the people get a trophy now. Um, those begin in mid-December. Rivalry week this year has us with Philly and Atlanta. Classics. Which yeah. is <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> However, we Joking. do get uh, the Atlantic Cup. Three games again this year, which Yay, is exciting. Um, it's a weekday in D.C., weekend in Jersey, and I think there's another game in there somewhere. Um, but that's exciting. I'm, I'm glad to see that that's back to three. Me too. Several international windows are uh, are honored throughout the schedule. But, I, guys, it's a disaster with, with FIFA breaks this year. We talked about how loaded the U.S. schedule is, but um, Comdeval has an entire window of World Cup qualifying to make up, which impacts a couple of our players. So... It's going to be interesting, but I'll ask you guys, what is the game you're most excited for? You only get to pick one, so think very, very hard about it. Sam, I'm going to you first. I don't know. I think I'm just most excited for this first game that we get to go to, right? Like, I think there's going to be so much throughout the season, right? It's going to, like, ebb and flow. So I think right now I'm just really excited to get back in the stadium. Michael Black. I for me I'm, I'm pulling out the schedule myself too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots of games I'm excited about uh, I think for me hosting Toronto July 3rd day before the 4th I am hopeful that things will continue to trend upwards that we'll perhaps be at higher capacity numbers there um, I think that will be a good sign of where we're at as a, as a team playing a Toronto team that's you know changing things up as well uh, I think that I'm very interested in seeing. And obviously we've got a lot of away days penciled in our calendars as well. But <laughs> I think probably DC versus Toronto on July 3rd. Let's get you out. Joshua. I, I think I might be stomping or stepping over yours, but I, I think it's Atlanta for the head coaches. Both teams brought in Argentine managers who are up and coming. And, and Atlanta were a, a better roster build, a better team the past few years. But DC United always were able to beat them off of grit and stuff. It'll be really interesting to see as DC United transitions away from grit into more of an attacking focus, if DC United is still able to get one over on Atlanta. There could be a lot of goals in that game. Yeah, a ridiculous amount of goals. Is, is, which, which Atlanta game was that? Uh, I'll go with my birthday one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's going to be 918 at Atlanta. That's yeah. Atlanta way. I, oh, man. You know, you guys took a lot of the, the big ones I'm excited about. I mean, Sam, for sure. The Just just the opener, right? It's like, yeah. thank God. For, you know, we're going to be back. I... Y'all know I love away days, so I could get behind any away day. But I'm, I told you all you can only pick one, so I'm only pick one. <laughs> it's actually a home date, and I kind of pulled it randomly. It's late August, and we play Atlanta at home. And I picked it for two reasons. One of the reasons is everything you talked about, Joshua. I think games against Atlanta this year are going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be big games, and they're going to be important in the standings. I also have that game kind of circled as, like, that could be when we see as close to a full house as we get this year at Audi Field. Uh-huh. It's a Saturday. It's late in August. So it, the place could be rocking. Um, as excited as I am for this weekend, I'm excited for the closer and closer we get to the full house crowds and the back to normal because, man, I I think Losada is going to have this team 
playing really fun soccer and DC crowds are lit when we're playing really fun <laughs> soccer. <laughs> yeah, good times. So, you know, when we talk about a lot of that stuff, kind of a couple questions tied in one. How long do you think it's going to take Lasada to kind of get this team on track playing his style? And what is your most realistic goal for the season? If you're in the locker room, you know, midweek this week, you had a hard practice and you're laying out expectations for the team. What's that look like? So I'm going to add to that second question um, that we had a a viewer on Twitch kind of ask at the very beginning of the episode, we were talking about like, obviously we're going to make playoffs. That's obviously the goal, right? And he was kind of questioning whether or not making playoffs is the most realistic goal versus like having a solid DC United identity at the end. And he and I were kind of going back and forth about whether or not you could do both of those things. Yeah. I'll go because I think this is the most negative answer. Hopefully I hope you guys are more positive, but I think it takes the entire season. I don't think Lasada is able to change the culture and get the team playing the way he wants. And that's okay. Like as long as we see enough promise in there, as long as we see, flashes of glory with Yao and stuff overlapping with Gressel and stuff. I, I think that's fine. It'll be an improvement over last year, but I, I, if I'm predicting where DCI in this year, it's probably a little bit out of the playoffs, but it's a fun year and we enjoy it. I will just straight disagree with that. Um, I think that the team has already bought in. I think that at the end of last season, the team was out of Ben Olsen's mentality. So they already were where almost- they finished in the East, Sam. Okay. You're uh, right. Lasada wasn't there. No, I'm just asking, where are they going to finish in the East? Oh, in playoff position. So seven? So top seven. Yeah. Like, I think that they all, I don't think that it was a chore for them to embrace a new coach's mentality. Meeting his standards are different than embracing mentality, right? Like, the team was already bought in. They were bought I, in I have, last season before he was yeah. announced. My, my, my questions aren't with buy-in or emotions or anything. Well, then what it... We're talking about what is the goal? The goal for this season is to play well underneath Lasada, and I think that's going to take the entire season. So, so I I think what I hear you say is the goal is to establish Lasada ball. Establish Lasada. I think that we can do that by mid-season and be in playoff position by the end. So, Sam, what what's your goal for the season this year? Make playoffs. Okay, Michael. I think that by mid-season again that probably after that initial nation's league break uh once guys get healthy i think at that point you're going to see flashes of as you said lasada ball i don't think it will be a week in week out thing that works until at least august september and if you're waiting that long you're probably leaving it a little bit late so where do i expect the team to finish i expect it'll probably be eighth or ninth but it would not surprise me if they do get on things late you've got four out of your last six games at home you've got an opportunity to make a run there you basically need to be just top half of your conference to make the playoffs so it would not surprise me if they end up seventh but i'm probably going to pick them to finish eighth and i think that's okay i think we've seen with ben olsen that the front office is willing to give you a lot of rope to work with i don't think we said yeah. this is a three-year uh, contract. I, I don't even think that if middle if we get to middle of next year and you're still kind of muddling through, then you start to ask questions. But I, I don't think that at any point you look at it and say the Lasada experiment is done this, year, this season. 
Yeah, before we get to, I, I totally agree with that. And, and before we get to my goal for the season, one of the things you brought up, Sam, you alluded to earlier, and I, and I and we fail, I failed to hone us in on it. Losada signing a three-year contract. Sam, you mentioned you thought that was primarily alluded to the fact, at least, that that was primarily on Losada saying, like, "Hey, I'm gonna come to this league for a few years. I'm gonna kick some butt, and I'm gonna get a better deal in Europe." Is that because that caught me by surprise a little bit? I I didn't quite see it that way, and, and maybe that's not quite yeah. what you meant. Um, to me, I actually thought I saw the three-year deal as more of a kind of mutual, like, he's coming to the league for the first time, he's got his, you know, preconceived notions of what it's going to be like, but also DC United hasn't hired a head coach in 20 years, it feels like, so maybe three years is kind of a middle ground, but I, I think Lasada really wants to be in MLS, and... I, I guess I, I could see him signing an extension here and, and not necessarily popping smoke. I want to go a little deeper on that. So what, w- what did you mean? So I would love that, first of all, just to put on the record. I would <laughs> love – I mean, let's see how he guess, I guess he plays and it, the season goes. Um, but I'm optimistic. Where my where my saying that came from was obviously I wasn't as familiar with him prior to signing him. Um, but I think – I'm sorry, beer shot, beer, beer shot. Better go that one um they were shocked to see him leave you should have to drink a beer and do a shot every time you call i can't do that that should go for everybody (laughs) (laughs) can't do that um so i think they were shocked to see him leave and they were especially shocked to see him leave for dc united i think that they kind of saw that he was looking towards his next steps but from the articles that i read people thought that was going to be somewhere else in europe to a lower tier champions league team either one that like already like consistently makes the champions league or one that's a little bit on the fringes so then he could coach his way into one of the bigger teams in europe i think that him coming to mls sorry was a shock for a lot of people we talked on the show about how we saw or we guessed that he was seeing the potential in mls and this is kind of the forefront of a wave of people really seeing that this is not just a retirement league but it's also not just a development league right it's somewhere in the middle and you can gain valuable experience earlier in your career player or coach and then kind of move on I don't think anyone any of us would say that MLS is like the top tier goal necessarily of like the top players or coaches but I that's where me saying three years and then he's out is probably a fair assessment because I don't think that he's trying to like end his career in MLS. I think that he could have gone somewhere else in Europe. He decided that this was the next best space for him, possibly because people underestimate the league. And he was like, let me come here and like dominate or at least show that I can flip a team on its head and make it super successful. Even if he doesn't get a trophy with us and then jump to that next stage. I I think that's a great breakdown out of, I mean, in your mind was three years what he wanted was that what the team wanted or was that just kind of a middle ground then i think it's just kind of a fair assessment of three years of a coach to like you know the first year you're possibly figuring out there aren't you know your expectations are kind of middle of the ground regardless the second year is like really you you get the ground running you probably have a lot of the same guys under you you're really making the push and then the third year is like probably where you really go for the trophy Uh, and then you kind of peace out and maybe go somewhere else joshua I. I hear you, and and I think there is the potential for that. There's not the precedent, though, so I I am I'm I think cautious. He's setting the precedent. 
uh, that would be the dream scenario for DC United, right? Yeah, if, I think if he sets the precedent, everyone wins. Right, because because <laughs> the good coaches in, in MLS have gone on to national teams. That's what we've seen. Tata has with Mexico. DeBoer somehow got to Netherlands. Uh, Caleb. Or, <laughs> Hold on. Good uh, coaches uh, and DeBoer. Uh, <laughs> those are the only exports that, that, that MLS has produced. Yeah, I, that's I mean, not true. Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh has gone to a sister club. Uh, but that's about it. Like uh, Bruce has done the national team, uh, but uh, yeah. Like, and you rarely see international think... coaches come in and immediately have success. Like when was the last time one of those won? Yeah, it would be other than Tata. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think that's possible. his opportunity. It's I think possible. that's where he's seeing I can come in and be the first one to do this. And maybe this is um, he did like a um, a conference with season ticket members. So maybe that's where I'm also drawing from. But he kind of that's where he talked about there being so much potential in MLS and him actually right. being a little bit more familiar with the league than I think anyone anticipated. He had been to MLS games before. Yeah. So I think he saw that there was potential here. And maybe that, you know, no, what is it? No, like international coaches have won a trophy. Maybe that's because not a lot of them are coming here, right? Yeah. We don't get the best of them coming here and trying to make a difference. We get the ones who can't find a team elsewhere or, you know, or are using it as a stepping stone, but dip out before they get to that next step of winning a trophy. So I think that's where he saw the potential to come here and really make a difference. Yeah, I, I think that's what he saw. I, I think it takes a lot to get there, though. I, I think MLS or DC United would have to do a lot more than just make the playoffs for them to make that happen. And I know that's their goal and, yeah. and hopefully they achieve it. Well, I don't want to duck out on answering my own question. So in terms of so honest, my goal for DC United this season, I want them to rise to the, the challenge that Lasada's thrown down a few times, and that's to make us as fans essentially proud to be DC United fans again. We, we, the team, the games are fun. The games are entertaining. The team has an identity. Everyone knows what it means to be DC United again, and, and we enjoy and look forward to games again. And I think if, if that happens, regardless of whether we make the playoffs or, or whatnot, um, I think that would do just wonders for this community for this fan base i mean it's there were times last year you know we talked about it on this show where it was man it was brutal to just even to think about, about like man we gotta yeah. watch a dc united game and they're gonna get smashed it's and gonna then we be have boring. to talk, we about, talk it about it <laughs> i don't want to do that again i don't want to go through that again right and i think I, I i i think he's saying all the right things and i think he's saying all the right things even more than he knows because there's so many of us supporters who've been through this for so long that we just want to get back to like when we wear the crest, we know what it stands for. We know what it means. And, and, and it's, it's a solid team and like, Hey, maybe we don't win every game. Maybe we don't make the playoffs this year, but DC United has an identity and we live up to that. And I think if we can do that this year, we can talk more about trophies and playoffs and stuff in 2022. So where does DC United finish this year? Man, I don't know. I, I look at the East and it's like, you know, there's some teams that are clearly good, but, you know, teams like the Union are getting CONCACAFed right now. So, like, where are they <laughs> going to finish, right? Um, I look at some teams I think overperformed last year. Hello, Orlando. Um, so, I don't know. I, 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 legit. I still think, well, I don't know. Is DK going to come back? I haven't sold him. I went. And what are they going to do with the $20 million when they do? They might just pay off the <laughs> and explore your stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Um, look, I think it's going to be a classic they're going to be above and below the red line, you know, quite a bit, but you said it, it's like they got four of the last six at home. I think they're going to be hitting their stride late in the season. I think they eke into the playoffs. Yeah. I, 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 and, and I think if this team ekes into the playoffs at the end of the year, they won't be backing in. I think they will be 
they'll be playing their best soccer of the season at that point. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I would be a little nervous, you know, if I'm the team that draws DC United at that point, if, if things go the way that I think they're going to go this year. Um, I'm not saying we're going to win the title, but I think we're going to be playing good soccer at the end of the year. It's going to take a long time to get there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, but it, it could go either way. You know, there's only seven teams that make it now, so they, they could – they could go on a hard charge at the end of the season and finish ninth because <laughs> they could be bottom of the barrel for a long time. It could happen, but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think they'll find a way to get in. Fair. All right. Well, there's a lot of other words on this sheet and I thank you guys for pulling it together, but we're going on two hours. So is there anything we've missed that we want to cover um, prior to next weekend? And I'll talk through a little bit about what our, what our plans look like for the season. Oh, Rapid fire. You guys asked James Graham or John, you asked James Graham, who's the golden boot this year. And you guys roasted me last year. Cause I thought it would be a lot, which he, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you said it at 15, uh, golden boot, John go. Oh man. This is Wait, hard. are we doing golden boot or are we doing like MVP of the season? That's what we asked James Graham. No, we, we, asked asked them both. we asked them both. So, so golden boot as in Flores. Uh, <laughs> I just want to have all this in the, in the cloud. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, I almost, I almost said that. That's a good shout. <laughs> that's a random shout. I was, I was feeling aside, but since you took us out, I'll, I'll go with Ariel. I'm going with Ariel as well. All right. MVP, Joshua. MVP, Julian Gressel. Uh, too many assists. Can you go back to the last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Michael Black. Emil. MVP. Yeah. No thought. I hope so. Out of the doghouse the whole year, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. If, oh, man. <laughs> I might have to get a jersey if he never goes to the doghouse. I don't know if I can afford a jersey these days. <laughs> I think Pines. Donovan Pines. Good shout. Damn it. I have to answer now. Um, Julian Gressel. Yeah. All right. Fair. Um, I, I think those answers tell you how little we know about what this team's going to look yes, like this year, which I makes it so agree. fun. <laughs> I would love to revisit this midseason. Yeah, we should. See yeah, where yeah. It is. I think these answers show us that we expect to be more attacking. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. how many seasons would you have gone into the year expecting it to be Bill Hamid standing on his head? And... Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this podcast right now live, or or you're listening it via podcast, put your tweet us if you're listening it to it post. If you're in, yeah, it we now, don't know. Get it now, and, and then later in the show, you can, or later in the season, you can tell us we're all idiots and that you were right. <laughs> yeah, because here's and we'll shout you. You can't tell us in August, right? That you pick somebody else, and we don't have it on the record. You got to get on the record Whatever. today. So I would say tweet us so everyone else can see <laughs> yeah, it exactly. too, because this chat's about to go away. So definitely tweet us. Um, I'll say that um, Loudon is starting in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, Man, they got the shaft on the schedule this year. I, it's like the I'm I'm excited to get back out to Segra, but like they only got like five Saturday games. Yeah. They have a game every single day of the week this year. I think that's crazy. The schedule's <laughs> bananas. Yeah, so so we're looking forward to watching them. Hopefully, getting out for a couple. Um, Spirit started their season today. Um, the Challenge Cup actually, and then yeah. they're doing the season. Does that count as part of the regular season now, or no, or sort of? Or? <laughs> It's like oh, an MLS totally back schedule. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. um, unfortunately, we lost today to North Carolina 3-2. Um, we had the, the first half up, and then we lost the feed. Tristan Rodman goal. Sam made us drop El Clasico, but Real won, so it's all good. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, I'll shout out. You know, we talked on it a little bit, but uh, Open Cup, which we all know and love, you know, the eight teams that make it from the MLS uh, God bless. is going to be decided after the first three weeks. So we have... Three tough games, including one trip across the country, but it would be 
amazing to find ourselves playing in the Open Cup with needing, what, three wins, four wins to find ourselves back in CONCACAF Champions League. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Man, what I wouldn't give to get back in the Open Cup, especially <laughs> in this, this small format. But I, I want to talk a little bit about um, – what we've got in store this season. So um, we're fully committed to our traditional post-game shows for, for 2021. Um, I signed up for that before they moved the San Jose game to 11 p.m. So, <laughs> But we're committed. You know. Uh, we but had yeah, so, one last season, too. We, oh, God. Yeah, we did. Um, but, yeah, that, that's our plan. So we'll be back live after every game. I, I asked you guys to bear with us a little bit this season, especially at the beginning of the year, because there's just there's so many moving parts. You know, we talked yeah. about us being uh, excited to be back in the stands next weekend, but that adds a, a layer of complexity where we've got to then leave the stadium based on their COVID protocols, which will be very different than normal. They're probably going to go section by section. So I can't – I doubt we'll get out of there right as soon as the you know the final whistle goes. And then we've got to get to a place where we can do the show. And so at least at the beginning of the season for home games, we're probably going to be anywhere between a half hour and 60 minutes post game before we get on the air. But we will be bringing you those games. We hope to continue to bring post game press conferences. And also follow us on Twitter because we'll be we'll be tweeting updates yeah, and letting you absolutely. all know when we're going to be coming live. And if you listen to us as a podcast, then your experience won't change. <laughs> You'll hear us the next day. Uh, we're hoping this year to do several away games as as conditions allow, which will be a whole nother adventure in, in how we produce content. But we're looking forward to it. Um, and, and the other thing that we're really excited to add is some of our bonus content this year, which was something that you know we experimented a little bit out of necessity last year when we were kind of in the coronavirus hiatus. But this year, we're looking forward to some bonus episodes where we talk to you know, long form conversations with DC United legends, with people who helped bring this team uh, alive, whether that was in the past or, or whether that's today. And so um, for, if, you're, if you're still sticking with us today, we've got a show coming out in a few weeks. Just last night, we had the chance to talk to John Harks, which was just an incredible experience. I think for the four of us, it was a really enlightening conversation and we, we can't wait to share that with you. And, and you'll see more content like that this year. Um, and, and then the final thing we're excited about this year um, is, is as we do the road trips, we talked a little bit about kind of like a, a road trip city guide that we'd like to bring to you guys from the DC United perspective. Credit to Joshua for, for this idea. And, um, and we look forward to sharing that as, as we go to a couple cities and kind of take in DC United from, from the away fan experience. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested in that or you have any particular stuff that you'd like to, someone you'd like to hear from or, or, you know, some, some city you'd like to learn about, uh, and we'll try to get that done for you guys. Yeah, that's a great shout. Yeah, just let us know you want to see, and we'll try to make it happen. And we'll definitely be sharing as we have plans to go to away games. We'll we'll share that through our social channels. We'd love to to hang out with you guys pregame, postgame, you know, whatever. If you're yep. in town, or if you're making the trip, um, I think you know we talked about what game we're most excited for. But man, I'm just excited to see people again this year. You know, <laughs> to be able to see fans and 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 talk about the team. It, it, no matter what happens on the field, I think it's going to be a fun year. And great to see you guys as well. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's been far too long. I would have to go back and look when the heck we did a show in person. A long again. It's been time a ago. Long, yeah. Long time. Yeah, it was a fun one though. I'm excited to write down these predictions and then just all call each other out <laughs> towards the middle and end of the season. I just can't wait to get the game started. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's excited too. Yeah. Joshua, any thoughts on the season before we wrap things up i just can't wait to do this with you guys again in a week's time let's do it for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us tonight it's been tried and true 
the DC United post-game podcast, which will actually be post-game in just about a week's time. We appreciate hanging out with y'all, and we will talk very, very soon.